All right. All right. All right. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And this is Sean Order 1210, Season 12, Episode 10. I have titled this episode, Breaking Down Binary, Waters of Wickedness, and Our Programmable Future. You know, what's crazy is it's like trying to tap a, fi- a, a, a waterfall. Like you could tap a fire hose. You can, you can do things like that. But trying to present this information to just, you know, I, I, it, 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 to me it makes sense. But I'm seeing so many developments take place that I, this is above my pay grade. I don't have the I don't have the the the, the skills to 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 effectively break down everything that is taking place right now. I can try, you know, I will. But it's like trying to tap a, a, a waterfall. Now you, you could tap a fire hose and a fire hydrant, but it's like trying to tap a friggin' waterfall, man. Like trying to just you know do that. <laughs> and I do my best. And quite to be quite honest, I lose my mind. Uh, I, I lose my mind trying to make sense of it all because it does make sense. And sometimes I wish I could turn it off, but I know that's not why God gave me this this understanding. I know that's not why I'm put here. Is that I'm not here to put, to turn this off. I've got to keep making it make sense, and that's why it's so crazy. So it's 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 weird. You're hearing the flesh say, you know, no, no more. I don't want to know more. I know where this goes. And then you're at the same time hearing the spirit say, well, you know, that's kind of only your opinion. You know why we're really here, uh, what we're what what we were put in this position to do, and for better or for worse, you've got to stand. You've got you've got to be here. You've got to stand your ground. You know what's crazy is I didn't really mention this with the previous episode, but uh, we've hit our one year anniversary of being deplatformed. <laughs> How crazy is that? Like we are in the thick of so much crazy stuff right now. I've got so many different irons in the fire. I'm doing so many different things that it's not registering to me, you know, uh, about things like that, about the 306,000 followers that we left on Instagram that nobody could apparently seem to find us. You know, it, 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 it's not about all the other people that we had on the show. Again, it's about the work. And I look at like where we are a a, a year later and it trips me out. And I think about where we're going to be a year from now too, man. You know, how my baby girl, she's 31 weeks old, right? And how, how much crazy stuff is going down? You know, in the first segment, if I can get through all this stuff right here. In the first segment, we're going to be talking about breaking down binary. We're just going to be playing clip after clip of what's going on with the LGBTQP community uh, and how it's affecting children and things like this. And then on the back end of that, we're going to be talking about how people are being programmed uh, to be crazy, to be absolutely nutter. And it's just wild, man, that this is this is where we're at. And I'm just casually talking about it. The erosion of one societal order and the erection of a completely different one. You know, week after week. And you guys can see it too. And I think that's what's even more wild. And as these people try to, you know, create this new world order, as they try to establish this one world government, this prophetic globalist beast-like system, Resistance is being fomented. Resistance is being 
had worldwide. And so it's, it's, it's crazy, man. You know, and I think that's why when you guys hear me go back and forth trying to figure out, like, what do I do with this podcast? What do I do with the information we've amassed? What do I do with the so-called influence? And what do I do with this thing? It's because this is not the final form. This is even, the, and maybe I've got to start thinking about it differently. Maybe I've got to start thinking about it in the context of like the fights that we're in, right? Like you're not going to bring a knife to a gunfight. We are no longer at the the stage to where we can just sit here and keep sharing article and video and article and video and article and video. We, 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 we're not at that stage of the fight anymore, right? There's forever, there's forever going to be articles and videos and content and things like that. Again, that's that waterfall we were talking about earlier. But we've got to figure out where we're going next. And that's what I'm saying. We, how we, we arrived here. And I'm having the hardest time, to be quite honest, trying to figure out how, what to transform into next. And that's what you guys are hearing because this is not our final form. And what they're gearing up for next is going to be even crazier, right? And maybe that's how I have to start looking at this is it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking in the context of the previous engagements and the previous battles that we're in. We're in a larger war right now and we're about to go into a different phase uh, and the operation of me, me as, me as a, a whole, everything, all of this, you know, we've got to change. It's like we, we, we've, we, we literally have to level up and that's a crazy thought process to have. So I'm pontificating. I'm definitely rambling. This is not how I meant to intro the show. Uh, but let me go ahead and say this. If you guys want to support this operation, if you want to take part in the transformation that is occurring, you can see it. You can see me wavering. You know, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do that? You can see this. And that's why we need to have this discussion as a group, as an organization. You know, we need to have the Instagram crew. We need to have the Telegram crew. We need to have the exclusive members crew. We need to have everybody that's like all spaced out there. And we need to have this discussion. You know, and maybe that's it. Maybe we go from having the weekly show to like actual discussions about how we begin to not necessarily weaponize the operation, but actuate what we're doing, you know, really decentralize what we're doing. I'm learning a lot of different things working with these crypto NFT Solana folks, guys. That's all I'm saying. And we've got to benefit from this as well. But again, if you guys want to support this operation, you want to take part in the transformation that is occurring, go to coffee.com forward slash noise era. Please donate. I don't even put the donate button there. I say buy us a red pill because that's what you're doing. You're sitting over here buying these red pills. You try to tell me one other place where you're going to have somebody sit there and talk straight to you the way I do. That has again the history, the 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 awkwardness, the realness. Who 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 do you know? Like you know where your money's going. And if I could get a little bit more organized with a couple more things, with a couple more people, you'll begin to see a couple things take place and take shape. But again, if you guys want to support this operation, you can do so by going to coffee.com forward slash noise era, ko-fi.com forward slash noise era. That's the best way to do so. One of the most recent things we've been doing uh, is getting involved again in Solana NFTs, staking, utilities. Uh, I have been pitching some of the different plays that I've been making, getting some alpha, <laughs> working with different groups, uh, and kind of, to be honest, slacking on even those guys because I've got people. I've got people from different projects reaching out to me, 
and I've got to start negotiating terms of uh, of payment and things like this, man, because it's a pretty cool space. And that's what we're doing. But yeah, if you guys want to get access to that information and more, coffee.com forward slash noise era is the best way to do so. You don't really need me to tell you about the shortages that are taking place. You can find the links for storable goods in the description bar below. I'll be playing the clips, be playing the uh, the CBD oil ad as well. You know, I'm not, all that other good stuff. You know, we're, 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 we're making progress. It's all due to your guys' continued support. You can find all those links in the description bar below. Now, let me go ahead and just rush through these honorable mentions the best way I can. Because I uh, <laughs> I did a little bit of a, I really ate our time. I'll just say that. I definitely did not mean to eat as much of our time as I did. But I did. But uh, let me go through and just rush through some of these headlines and get into the uh, the radar read and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Give me one quick check. All right. Bread and Woods 3. China begins buying Russian coal and oil in yuans. It says that the older the old economic order in which the dollar's centrality to global trade remains king is beginning to fade. The latest example of the dollar's demise comes as China purchases coal or coal and oil from Russia and yuan due to Western sanctions isolating Russian banks from the SWIFT payment system. Chinese commodity firms purchased Russian coal and local currency in March, and the first shipments the first shipments are expected to arrive in China this month, according to Bloomberg. Citing Chinese consultee Finway Energy Information Service Co., traders said this coal shipment paid in yuan would be the first since the U.S. and Europe unleashed harsh sanctions, severing some top Russian banks from SWIFT. Traders are also reporting Russian crude bought in yuan. The first, e- the first Eastern Siberia Pacific Ocean grade crude shipment will arrive at Chinese refiners in May. So there you have it. So we are seeing, again, the petrodollar begin to be attacked. And it's not really attacked. That's 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 why they use the, the word demise. That's definitely what's happening here. Uh, this is globalization. This is this is sanctions, right? I remember growing up like in high school, I would hear my economics teacher talk about, you know, the BRICS system, Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa and how they were going to come up with like their own global currency and how they were going to push out America. And I thought at the time that was crazy. It's crazy. We're America, right? Well, you know, here it is happening where you have Russia and China doing business, excluding America. Moving on. Uh, global uprising against New World Order accelerating as millions reject tyranny. Millions of people worldwide are rising up against the New World Order and rejecting tyranny, lockdowns, corruption, and perversion, all of which define the global elitists who are desperately trying to hold on the power. Now, this is true. Like, this is a, this is this isn't cotton candy, right? This is a steak. This is this is a do, it's not even a do break. This is me saying, hey, well, we can see the resistance is taking place. Our adversaries are not going to let us know whenever we are winning. That does not mean that we cannot continue to carry on. Let me move this out. That means we must challenge, charge forward. We must keep the pressure. 
you know, when I tell you about breakaway civilizations, when I tell you about El Paricio Verde, when I tell you about all this other stuff that's going on, just because I don't have the clips, that sometimes doesn't do a service. It doesn't do it justice. But it's happening. I mean, look at these people. Audio listeners, you guys can't see it. But we're beginning to see more and more of these images of waves of people. Street loads of people. Street loads worth of people. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Here, um, uh, give me give me one quick second. We're getting some feedback that people can hear us. That there may be a bit of an issue. We don't want that at all. Because this is important stuff, man. I mean, think about it. We're talking about not necessarily worldwide revolution. We're talking about the Great Awakening. We're talking about people finally rising up waking up to this tyranny, seeing what's taking place, seeing what's taking place, and becoming the arbiters of their own future. This is a glorious thing. This is the Great Awakening. This is revelation. And that's why we have to keep the pressure. You know, and you have to think about it. It's like, I liken it to when we hear about the archetypal knight slaying the dragon and, or, I mean, you could even pull the scene from Lord of the Rings whenever Gandalf is just like battling the, 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 that demon before he's cast down into the abyss, right? They're going to have one final flail, one violent whiplash right before they're plunged back to whence the hell they came from. And that's what we're experiencing right now. They're doing their final desperate move to entrap us all. War, pestilence, famine. The people are awakening. Make no mistake of that. Uh, Moving on. Russia claims Ukraine war is meant to, quote, end unabashed expansion of NATO and U.S. military domination on the world stage. Interesting. Says Russia is claiming that their war in Ukraine is appending the NATO status quo in, in which the U.S. empire dominates on the global stage. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov claimed that his country's incursion in Ukraine spells the end for a world in which the U.S. and their proxy states call the shots. Quote, our special military operation is meant to put an end to the unabashed expansion of NATO and the unabashed drive towards full domination by the U.S. and its Western subjects on the world stage. Lavrod said to Russia 24 News Channel, quote, this domination is built on gross violations of international law and under some rules, which they are now hyping so much, which they make up on a case by case basis. He added, Lavrov said that Russia would be would not be subject to the U.S. deep state and put beneath the globalist powers. The globalists have united around the puppet government of Ukraine in order to prop up their fledgling world order. Interesting. Goes on with a little bit more from big league politics, but I think you guys get the gist. Yeah, lots of strange stuff is coming out with this whole Ukraine situation, for sure. Not even situation, the war. I mean, the, r- real people are dying, but it seems like this 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 is much more complicated than they're letting it out to be. Uh, moving on, a month before COVID was known to exist, 
The Department of Defense was awarded a contract for, quote, COVID-19 research in Ukraine. See, that's what I'm talking about. And we found out early, very early on, right, about this. Very early on about bioweapons research facilities in Ukraine. You know, I mean, the this is a very, very lengthy article right here. I'll just tell you that. Uh, very, very lengthy. I'll just say that. Let's let's read a little bit of it because we have the time. Uh, it comes from Tim Brown of Sons of Liberty Media. They put this up April 13th. I'm just going to go ahead and fast forward to the part that comes from the expose. It says the world first started to hear about a novel coronavirus in early January 2020 with reports of an alleged new pneumonia-like illness. Actually, you know what? This mentioned Dr. Brian Artist. Let's go ahead and put that. It says, well, isn't this something? Following the explosive bombshell information that Dr. Brian Artist dropped on the world on Monday, quote, we're discovering that the U.S. Department of Defense actually awarded a contract for, quote, COVID-19 research in Ukraine several months before anyone ever heard about COVID. It says that the next part comes from the expose. The world first started to hear about a novel coronavirus in the early of January 2020 with reports of an alleged new pneumonia-like illness spreading across Wuhan, China. However, the world did not actually know of COVID-19 until February 2020 because it was not until the 11th of that month that the World Health Organization officially named the novel coronavirus disease as COVID-19. So this, with this being the official truth, why is the U.S. Of U.S. government data show that the U.S. Department of Defense awarded a contract on the 12th of November of 2019 to Labyrinth Global Health, Inc. for COVID-19 research at least one month before the alleged emergence of the novel coronavirus and three months before it was officially dubbed COVID-19? The shocking findings, however, do not end there. The contract awarded in November of 2019 for COVID-19 research was not only instructed to take place in Ukraine, it was in fact Part of, much, part of a much larger contract for a, quote, biological threat reduction program in Ukraine, perhaps explaining why Labyrinth Global Health has been co collaborating with Peter Daszak's EcoHealth Alliance and Ernest Wolf's Metabio Metabiota since its formation in 2017. And there's a whole lot of information connecting uh, Hunter Biden to Metabiota. Whole lot of information. But again, you see, that's 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 what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying right there. Very, very sketchy situation. Months before COVID was known to exist, the DOD was awarded a contract for COVID-19 research in Ukraine. So was it in China? Was it in Ukraine? Is that why, is that why Putin's over there? Does he not want bioweapons research facilities, which we found out too were also race-specific, right? Race-specific bioweapons? Maybe Putin didn't want that on his borders. Call him crazy. Uh, Brooklyn subway shooter and black supremacist Frank James charged with federal terrorism. We're moving on. Uh, this happened earlier this week. There was a shooting in Brooklyn with, sm with, with, with smoke grenades and all this. And Frank James, apparently this black supremacist, has been charged. This comes from... The Gateway Pundit, it says that uh, New York PD finally arrested Brooklyn subway shooter Frank James on Wednesday afternoon. At least 29 people were injured, five critically, after Frank James opened fire on people in a subway station Tuesday morning. Frank James was a black nationalist who posted several videos on the oppression of black people. Frank James also was previously on the FBI terrorist radar until 2019. Then they stopped watching him. 
New York officials initially said that they were not investigating the mass shooting as terrorism. However, the feds changed their tune. The U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York, Priyam Peace, announced on Wednesday during a press conference that Frank James has been charged with a federal terrorism offense. I was hoping we could get a little bit more clips of some of the stuff this dude was saying. And, you know, the sad part is, is he's, is, is he's not an outlier. You know, this dude is not an anomaly. I'll tell you that. I think we have some of the clips in there in our show. We'll see. Uh, but speaking of more of the insanity that's coming from people on the left, check this out right here. Ed Buck to face judgment for injecting two men with fatal doses of drugs in sexually deviant pattern. Yeah, this was a crazy story that we 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 didn't cover when it first came out. But this dude gets off on shooting up black people, young black men with fentanyl, heroin, meth, some kind of drug, and then watching them squirm. He likes to perform. It, it's 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 sick. And I'm not gonna per- I'm not gonna get in there get in get into you with you. But apparently, here's the interesting part. This Ed Buck character, this dude's a major donator to the Democratic Party. He also has ties to Hillary Clinton. And so it's just, again, more evidence of what they call this sexually deviant pattern. More of this just perversion and this wickedness. Let me read a little bit. Ed Buck was a fixture of West Hollywood's political scene, champion of causes such as fur bans and AIDS awareness donor to Democratic officeholders. But behind the walls of Buck's Laurel Avenue apartment was a nightmare. For nearly a decade, the wealthy white Buck lured young black men at the lowest points in their lives, homeless, addicted, resorting to subsistence level sex work into what he called, quote, party and play sessions. Inside a home whose squalor belied his reputation as a man who achieved great wealth at a young age, Buck piled the men, plied the men with drugs and sexually assaulted them while they were unconscious or immobile. In two cases, he injected his victims with so much methamphetamine methamphetamine that he killed them. Yeah, this guy right here. This guy. So you got rich white people over here enticing uh, subsistence level working sex workers. And then just, I think they call them hot shots, right? Or speed balls or something like that. Whatever. They're just shooting up young black kids with drugs. Democrat donors. Boy, I tell you, they love you, don't they? (laughs) Black Lives Matter, am I right? (laughs) Black Lives Matter, am I right? Moving on. And and you know what? Let me let me not move on. Let me let me jump back on this because this is a real thing, right? Can't just move on. Democrat donors facing judgment for having a fetish of just a pattern of just shooting up people with drugs. Again, predatorial behavior. You don't, we, we, who thinks like this? Who Who's like, you know what? I'm not doing anything on a Friday night. Let me find some sex workers and just shoot them up. You know, I've got this Democrat soiree to get to tomorrow. Uh, what am I going to do to kill time? I know, let's kill somebody. Let's just give them methamphetamine. That's what the black kids right, like, right? They like watching Breaking Bad and meth school or are they on the fentanyl now? And I'm making a joke, but at the same time, it's a very sad state of affairs as to where we are. So it's good that this dirtbag right here serves some fa- some some form of judgment. I mean, who is Jeff Sir Epstein, right? What was the Lolita, what was the Lolita Express? 
Little St. James Island. Why is child sex trafficking an issue? Who is who is Ghislaine Maxwell, right? Who is Jimmy Savelle? You're right. You're right. It, it, it goes on and on. This guy just got caught. It's a pattern. And somebody told him to do that. Somebody showed him how to do that. Just absolutely disgusting. So keep this type of sick, sexually deviant patterns in mind for when we get into the first segment. Moving on, uh, United Nations and World Economic Forum are calling for a new global social contract with no one left behind. This is by Jacob Nordengard via Pharos, and this is a fairly lengthy article. We will not have time to get into it, but I do want to get the gist of it. It's from Technocracy News. It covers the Fourth Industrial Revolution, a new global social contract. How many times, team, throughout the entirety of season 10, season 11, have we talked about the social contract being broken? The social contract being broken, what they call the new normal. Well, now they're going to come out here and just capitalize off the crazy dystopian we now find ourselves in. And they say, hey, you know what? Let's have a new global social contract. And guess what? We already have the framework. It's called Agenda 2030. We have goals that you're going to have to achieve. Guess what? You're not going to own anything and you're going to love love it. This is the new global social contract with no one left behind. Run by a central AI system that governs you, that gives you a, 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 a score telling you whether or not you're a good citizen, what they call the ESG score, the environmental and social and governance score. That's what they give for businesses, but what do you think they're going to call it for humans? Let me read this, right? Because at this point, I'm just reading to you about our dystopian future that we find ourselves in, Right? The casual hell that they're rolling out for us. You know, I listened to that guy, that Noah, Noah Yuval Harari, man, that demon, that little imp. And to hear him speak is like to hear a demon whisper. And to hear these people speak at this point, it's to hear a, it's it's to hear Satan speak. It's to hear demon talk. It's to hear to 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 to, to hear the the fangs come out for you. World Economic Forum calls for a new global social contract with no one left behind. The globalist technocrat plan requires that everyone participate. Outliers are not allowed and are seen as a threat to the quote system and therefore must be wrapped in or eliminated. Nobody outside of the UN and the WEF has asked for a new quote social contract that would bind everyone into a scientific dictatorship, aka technocracy. It says, in our common agenda, UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez paints a picture of a world facing a choice between collapse and breakthrough. If we make the wrong choice, we will be hit by a mutating virus rapidly, uh, repeatedly haunting us. Health systems will be able to handle the pressure and the vaccines will be distributed, distributed unequally. The planet will heat up, resulting in melting polar ice caps, floods, droughts, cyclones, animal species extinctions, and wasted human lives. Poverty will increase. Protests will be crushed. Human rights will be neglected, while the development of a new of new forms of war- warfare will prevent all peace initiatives. But if we choose the model of the UN and of the World Economic Forum, 
we are promised paradise, a greener, safer, and better world. With a rapid crisis response, including a health system where vaccines are available to all, where fossil fuels are phased out and global average temperatures are kept in check, and everyone is given the right to digital connection to, a ac to access a lifelong quality education. The reasoning is similar to what Klaus Schwab expressed during his declaration of the, quote, Great Reset. Quote, we have a choice to remain passive, which would lead to the amplification of many of the trends we see today. Polarization, nationalism, racism, and ultimately increasing social unrest and conflict. But we have another choice. We can build a new social contract. Partic I've, I've got to switch into the voice because you've, you've got to think about how they have positioned themselves as the savior. How they have purposely caused all of these things, the social unrest, the polarization. We're going to have to talk about racism, you know, death to whitey or whatever, uh, you know, and all the critical race theory. They, 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 they caused these problems. And of course, they would come through in the, in the form of Hegelian dialectic, problem, reaction, solution, and provide the solution. This is their solution. After traumatizing and brainwashing people for the better part of two years, literally getting people to wear masks in the middle of spring break. <laughs> people, uh, <laughs> don't get me started people wearing masks in the middle of spring break you know they, they've, they've captured people's minds long story short they know what they've done and now they're sitting here offering the next solution they want you again to abandon your nationality abandon your identity abandon your history your legacy join them and this new social contract. But we have another choice. We can build a new social contract, particularly integrating the next generation. We can change our behavior to be in harmony with nature again. And we can make sure the technologies of the fourth industrial revolution are best utilized to provide us with better lives. All we need to do is hand over the power and our lives to the UN and its partner, the World Economic Forum, and allow ourselves to be integrated into the watchful eye under the digital god. As the cherished environmental guru and frequent World Economic Forum participant John Rockstrom and the post, uh, from the Postdam Institute of Climate Impact said in his interview in 2015, saying, quote, I can see no other way that 200 countries must relinquish part of their decision-making power to a planetary institutional administration. We have to work with the institutions we have, and there is only one institution that is global, the UN. You guys get the picture. I'm going to read this little bit right here where, where it mentions uh, leave no one behind. And then I'll riff off of that. It says to meet the goals of Agenda 2030, everyone must be involved. And our common agenda, the first commitment out of 12 is leave no one behind. This concerns a renewed social contract between governments and citizens, which, according to the UN, should be based on human rights, including a social safety net with health care, income, security, housing, education and decent work. Who could say no to that? You know, this is why you guys hear me saying the slaves of the plantations back in the day here in America, they have free housing, free education, free health care, free food. Yeah, they could just never leave the plantation. This is this is the, go, the great reset, right? This is why they're going to collapse the dollar. This is why they're going to collapse all this stuff to come through and offer this. They're going to create poverty. 
That's why during COVID-19, we saw a massive wealth transfer. And now you're seeing the rest of it, the power consolidation that comes with it. Right? Abandon your nation state. Abandon your identity. Abandon your history, your legacy. Abandon your people. Join us. Become a global citizen. We'll give you free money. We'll give you free housing. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Again, just opening salvos. Just some opening salvos for the show. <laughs> We've got to hurry up and get through the radar read. Would you believe that, team? That's where we're at. We are already through the opening salvos, the honorable mentions. Let's get through the radar read. We'll take a quick break, and then we will start getting into the show. So I'm telling you, man, it's like trying to tap a, 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 a waterfall. I'm doing the best I can. And quite frankly, this is above my pay grade. It's above all of our pay grades. And that's how it's got to be, right? You hear me say this all the time. I never knew who I was until I started looking at this. And I knew I wasn't what they wanted me to be. And I don't know if it's through the adversity or through the challenges or through the the, the, the propaganda or whatever the heck is going on through 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 God. I figured out who I was. And I feel like that's how a lot of people feel these days because they're going to have to ask that question. Who am I? Who do I serve? Do I really want to serve the master of this world? Think about how many people have their genes corrupted because they got a cheeseburger and a vaccine. You guys remember joints for jabs? Think about the absolute monstrous evil that we faced for the past two years. And like a snake, it's just hissing in the background, coiled up, ready to strike again, because you know the other shoe is about to drop. We'll talk more about this in the second segment. The deaths that are happening, that are already occurring, the craziness of it all. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. Moving on. Uh, Texas Governor Abbott signs agreement with Mexicans or Mexican state to ease border inspection of trucks. Well, that's silly. That's like inviting more more chaos. Anyway. What do I know? Uh, New York City considers weapon detecting technology. Interesting. Interesting. Trudeau trying to shut down independent journalism in Canada, says Rebel News founder. Says that Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is trying to silence journalists who challenge his policies while giving special privileges to those who toe the line. An independent journalist told Fox News's channels Tucker Carlson Tuesday an article by Michael Tennant of the activist post yeah you know what I what I hate about this this informational censorship situation we're in and at the same time the fact that I'm only one person is I know that the trucker convoy is still going on I like just do I don't have the time to find the clips and get those information out get the information out there even after being exposed to like 80 to 100 different news outlets on a consistent basis I still have a hard time trying to find that type of information. But that's why we need more eyes and ears on everything that's going on. Because they're trying to shut everything down. And the only reason they're trying to cut communications is because they're about to do something even crazier. Right? Trudeau trying to shut down independent journalism in Canada, says Rebel News founder. Well, they're doing the same thing here in America. 
where if you if 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 you question the election, you're a domestic terrorist. If you question Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're probably a terrorist and a racist too. And you voted for Trump and a bigot, and you need to be thrown inside of a FEMA camp. They may not be outright trying to shut us down, but through mockery, intimidation, and all kinds of other forms of foolish foolishness, they're trying to. New York Mayor, New York City Mayor Ad, Eric Adams calls out Black Lives Matter activists as hypocrites for protesting George Floyd murder, but not black on black shootings. I agree. I agree. You know, I'm 30. I've been through some stuff. I don't talk about it a lot because it's not appropriate for this. I've lost some people. But yeah, no, you really don't hear a lot of Black Lives Matter speaking about that black on black crime uh, and how that's a real thing. So this is a good, this is a good thing. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm just thinking about how many people that I knew that died just growing up due to stupid stuff like this. And I just think about how crazy Black Lives Matter is at this point. You know, and how Patrice Cullors, we covered this just at the last episode, how Patrice Cullors, one of the Black Lives Matter co-founders, uh, how she had that that property out there in Los Angeles, that $6 million property. And now she's thinking that, oh, she gets triggered when she's when she's asked about transparency. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Yeah. New York mayor, New York city mayor, Eric Adams calls out black lives matter activists as hypocrites for protesting George Floyd murder, but not black on black crime. I think there's a clip. Let's see if we can play it. Oh man. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll be talking more about this uh, in the first segment after we get through all these, the radar reads in this opening salvos of just crazy civil unrest that's going on right now. And it's a part of the programming that's going on out there. That synthetic culture, the rap, the drugs, right? It's it's a real thing and how people get programmed to do this type of stuff. 
We'll talk more about it. You know, armed thieves run over woman and steal her watch as roving Los Angeles gangs target the city's wealthiest. USP, USPS halts mail service to, to California neighborhood over repeated violence against carriers. You know, and this is before we'll talk about the shooting that took place in New York City. And remember, just the other week we covered what the 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 girl or the Boy Scout cookie thieves, right? This dude that just walks up there and 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 offers people cookies, and a gang of thieves just run up in the house and beat the dude and take stuff. And so I know that's not a shooting, but I'm just trying to talk about the rising level of crime and civil unrest. And how it's being encouraged. How if we had, since, you know, if you want to talk about the using of technology, people could be propagandized to actually be like effective. I don't want to say like communists, but they could, they could do something like that. If they were propagandizing people to, you know, share food and have a communal garden and, you know, really share your resources and do stuff like that, we would see a much different society. But because we're constantly bombarded with polarizing messages, savagery, unchivalric, unchivalrous behavior, you know, decadence, degeneracy, you name it, this is the world we get. Science reveals why highly intelligent people prefer to be alone. Because they probably pick up on those vibes. They probably pick up on those vibes and they don't want to deal with it. Diane Feinstein's cognitive decline is so bad that a lawmaker had to reintroduce themselves to her multiple times during one encounter. I wonder when we're going to start hearing the same thing about Joe Biden. Fully vaxxed are three times more likely to die from COVID. Now, keep that in mind when we talk about all this stuff that's coming up next. Uh, MSM brands Musk as a, quote, supervillain as blue chicks melt down over the hostile Twitter takeover. So, yeah, we've got the war in Ukraine going on. Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. Right. Pedophiles at Disney coming out trying to get access to your kids. And now you have Elon Musk. And, you know, this is this is this is. This is one of those weird moves where I'm not really quite sure what to say. He could take it over. Something good could come from this, right? Can't really unleash free speech. Can't really do undo the damage that's done. Let me get into this. It says, ever since Elon Musk revealed this morning that he is planning a hostile takeover of Twitter, assuming he can sur- secure the necessary funding, the blue checks and liberal journos, who are the platform's most prolific users, have been in meltdown mode. Meltdown mode. According to Musk, trying to take trying to bring Twitter back to the bell, the battle days of 2016, the hysteria has reached such an intense fever pitch that this morning, no lesser exemplar of journalistic integrity than Axios, Axios's Felix Salmon declared that Musk, who once warranted a comparisons to a Marvel superhero called Iron Man, is now behaving more like a supervillain. Yeah, because you know the demons don't want you don't want to be corrected. That's a whole fiasco. We'll see how that all pans out. Let's 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 uh let's cram through a couple more of the couple more of these and then we'll take a quick break. But uh yes, look at this. Yes, Walt Disney was a quote snitch for the FBI, and many people don't know that. Look at this. Walt Disney. 
what I always found so interesting, just on this note, did you know that uh, Adolf Hitler used to draw pictures of Pinocchio, like paintings of Pinocchio? I always found that so like crazy because it made me think like, well, did Hitler know Walt Disney? Was there a connection there? I'm sure there was. But yes, Walt Disney was a quote snitch for the FBI. And many people don't know about that. This is an article by Mayuk Saha of Truth Theory. They put this up April 14th. It says Walt Disney is, Walt Disney is one of the most influential people in history of cinema as well as the public imagination of American citizens. Walt Disney was also well known for his sentimental populism and had major contributions to shape up his image as an enterprising innovator. He was one of the he was the one to pass on Disney's legacy to further centuries. Keeping these things aside, Walt Disney was also a large political figure whose actions hurt the livelihoods and lives of several people who had different beliefs. It was found out that Disney was a spy for the FBI from 1940 till his death and supplied information about his workers to the Bureau. He also managed to wreck the movements that were orchestrated by unions by attacking them as, quote, communist agitators. <laughs> the, reports also, the reports are available on the Bureau's website, which gave details about Walt Disney's exchange for, with the FBI. These had been released to the public after the Freedom of Information Act was passed, and per these reports, Disney actively expressed his admiration for the, for the insidious machinations of the FBI and even let FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover make creative decisions about some of the projects. Interesting. Then it goes on from there. A snitch for the FBI? I'm not surprised, man. This guy's over here making all kinds of... You know, we don't have the time to get into this, but I remember one of the first rabbit holes I went down. You can see this with the predictive programming and the mind control and subliminal messaging and the symbols and things like this, it's all over. Disney works, right? There's, there's, there's all kinds of pornographic things. Subliminal messages, again, put inside of these Disney films to, 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 to brainwash people. I mean, I think one of the reasons why we're going to go ahead and just take a quick break is because we're going to come back into this talking about a Disney boss celebrating targeting children with gay content. And this comes out as a Disney employee uh, has been arrested for child sex crimes. And so it, 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 it's crazy because this is how I came into all this. But now it's so out here in the open and it's so crazy that people, people, people don't push back against it. If anything, you have people adopting it and getting into it. So here's what's going to happen, gang. We're going to take a quick break because we have really eaten a fair amount of time with the intro and the radar read and the opening salvos. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about breaking down binary, basically the destruction of the nuclear family. And at the same time, how dangerous social media is, is an influence. We're going to be covering as well, the Brooklyn subway shooting, what went on there and everything else, how wild things are becoming. Breaking down binary is coming up on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Everybody's angry, living lies that you 
lies about what you say So you scream, oh please look at me Living through an iPhone, TikTok dream Rape me, date me, great me, pay me Begging for attention, boo-hoo You gone out of your damn mind, kid Nobody cares about what you do Everybody else when you don't even know yourself All your selfies ain't no revolution They're slowing down our evolution I suppose I need to apologize And if I don't, you hope and wish I'd die Oh, cool, another rule Made up by teenage rebel Who loves big tech, big farm, big gun, big laws Gonna talk about it on their new blog You've gone out of your damn mind, kid Nobody cares about what you want Check you, getting your opinion approved by some desperate, faceless, nameless, brainless, and turn right up for the fake news. Hey, you're out of your damn mind. Nobody cares about what they say. Think you got a choice Think it's something special in the corporate white noise Tweet this, post that, gram this, talk that Swipe left, tap here, to this, not that You think that they're on your side They only share what they decide You're just part of the corruption That's peddling crap for mass consumption Oh jeez, you labeled me Your tolerance is so extreme Which one do I get to be? A fascist bigot or a Nazi You're having your damn mind, kid Cause I don't care about about what you think Oh my, heavy times Everybody's angry, living lies And you broke your woke folk Think you're gonna save the day You've gone out of your damn mind, kids Nobody cares about what you say You've gone out of your damn mind, kid Nobody cares about what you say cares about what you say welcome back <laughs> welcome back ladies and gentlemen you know it, it really is crazy um, to see my fellow humans in such a state it really is. You know, I'm in this like weird lull period where I know what's coming next. I know people don't really comprehend it. Part of me is like, ah, well, you know, it, it, part of me thinks you've done your job. Part of me is like, hey, hang it up. You know, go spend time with your kid. Get away from all this. You know where it's going from here. You don't need to sit up here and tell the people. And then part of me says, well, no, you, you, you I'm, I was about to say you need to preach against it. I'm not trying to preach. You need to speak against this. No, you need to spend time with the kid. Heck yes. Everybody would love to spend time with the kid. But you need to speak against this. You need to put this together so people see the absolute madness. And you need to talk to them casually like you would every other person. And you need to present this in a way to where people can't really deny it. You know, I could sit here and just read speed, read through 
everything I'm going to go over with you guys, but it would make more sense for me to just show you. Part of me is like, ah, oh, you know, hang it up. You've done your bit. The new world order is here. You know, let the, let the next generation stand up and fight them. It's like, well, well, they're not ready yet. Part of them are actually being, you know, scrambled right now and afflicted by this system. And you wavering doesn't save anybody's life. You hurt more people's life by not speaking the truth, by not standing up against this, by not speaking, against, not speaking out against it. And that's where we are. We have got to be the leap pad, the launch pad for what comes next. We've got to speak against this. No matter if it does sound bigoted or homophobic or rude, because, again, these people can be saved. And I think that's where a lot of the next level truth is going to come from is people who have been victimized by this system joining us and becoming a part of the troops and becoming part of the backups and, 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 and the support, the reinforcements. And so it's, it's, it's a crazy time to be alive, man. It truly is a crazy time to be alive. Uh, if you guys want to support this operation and keep the red pills going, go to coffee.com forward slash noise era. That's the best way to do so. Coffee.com forward slash noise era. That's the best way to support this operation and keep the lights on. If not, we got no dog in the fight. Uh, what we're going to be talking about in this segment, guys, like I said, I'm just going to be playing for you clip after clip after clip of these people telling you who they are, what they're doing, and how they have uh, lustful intentions for your children. And again, I have no, I take no pleasure in saying these things. I don't want to talk about this type of stuff. But that's what these people are doing. That's who they are. The same way I'm like, who is Jeffrey Epstein? Who are these pedophiles? Who's Joe Biden? Who's Hunter Biden? Right? Let's start, let's let's start playing a couple of these clips here for you guys. We'll go ahead and start some of this absolute madness that's going on. Look at this right here. Disney boss celebrates targeting children. Targeting kids with gay content, saying that Gen Z is 30 to 30 to 40 percent queerer than other generations. So what we actually have here is an admission, not necessarily a propaganda, but an admission of indoctrinating, of brainwashing, of inculcating an entire generation through media. They know full well what they're doing. Let's let's listen. When I was at Freeform, um, it was very much in the brand ethos of Freeform to be the tip of the spear when it comes to inclusion. And um, and we, like you, Latoya, I mean, we jumped up and down. We celebrated that. Nobody stopped us. And and it felt great. And, and in part, I, I think nobody stopped us because we were... Um, you know, we were targeting Gen Z and, and millennials. We were tar targeting a younger, um, I, I think, more open-minded. Um, and, and now we know, you know, as my son texted me this morning, <laughs> you know, Gen Z is 30 to 40 percent queerer than the other generation's mom. So Disney better get with it. And <laughs> it's a good thing, right? You know, no one's having kids. No one's getting married. We all want to simulate relationships right we want to act like we like we love like we can foster real relationships but we never do and that's all this is right 
the promotion of this type of lifestyle and this type of mindset. Hey, 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 you know, you do your own thing. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm sure people look at me with my beautiful baby and they seethe with rage. I've seen it. It's pretty hilarious. I've also seen some people oogle and just fall over themselves over her magnificence. That's the type of stuff I prefer. Worship my daughter. But you see, that's where I'm at. I don't want the glory. I want the glory to go to her because all glory goes to God. Understand? I've already done my bit and I'm going to keep doing my bit. But you see, there's a whole different mindset whenever it comes to this LGBTQ plus lifestyle and mindset. Like a couple of years ago, you know, I'll, I'll just save that for later when we get to talk, when, when, when we talk more about that. There's a whole, and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not gay bashing. I'm not trying to be bigoted. I'm not trying to be homophobic. I'm trying to say there's a point to this, right? Why was Donald Trump an issue? Because he's got history. He's got lineage. He's got legacy. He's got a family name. Everybody starts doing this whole LGBTQ plus thing where everybody's just having sex with everybody. Nobody's having families. Nobody's putting roots down. Nobody's building. You understand? We're all just having fun. And I get that, right? Girls just want to have fun. I think that's how the song goes. I, guys just want to have fun. Boys not out. Saturdays are for the boys. I get that. But you got some other stuff going on here. You have some other stuff going on here. I'll just say that. Let's start moving into some of the other things we pulled aside for you guys. Check this out. As Disney employees protest in Florida for protecting kids, dozens have been arrested for child sex crimes. And again, this is not an isolated event. This is not an anomalous thing. We've seen this before, right? Child sex trafficking is a real thing. Human trafficking is a real thing. Pedophilia amongst Disney workers is a real thing. And so that's 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 the crazy inverted part we've reached now. Not that we should point out that that's a bad thing. That pedophiles shouldn't be uh, in proximity of kids. No, 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 no. We just need to make the kids gay so they go after the pedophiles. That's That's the crazy world we're in right now. Don't just don't don't hold the pedophiles accountable for being for being victims themselves and trying to victimize other kids. No, 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 no. Let's just switch the thinking to where kids think it's okay. And that's what I'm saying. You think this is crazy now. Where do you think it's going to go to where kids think it's okay to proactively go after older people, right? Trans kids, things of this nature. Let me read this quick article. And I'll play another quick video for you guys. This comes from the Free Thought Project. They put this up April 8th. It says, quote, so far, a total of 32 have been convicted with the remaining cases pending. It's not a comment you want to hear when it comes to an entertainment company. But the fact remains that dozens of Disney employees have been arrested for child sex crimes in the past. And this is alarming. Disney's lengthy history of hiring individuals jailed for, multi- for a multitude of child sex offenses has fallen into criticism via the company's resistance to Florida's inaccurately labeled, quote, don't say gay policy, which tries to safeguard children from exposure to damaging gender ideology and activism. Disney officials fi- first remain neutral on the measure, which prohibits instructors from promoting alternative gender identities and LGBTQP activism to pupils in kindergarten through third grade before being persuaded by their left-wing employees to condemn it. Quote, Florida's HB 1557, also known as the, quote, don't say gay bill, 
should never have passed and should never have been signed into law, claimed the company into a public statement. Quote, our goal as a company is for the law to be repealed by the legislator, legislature or struck down in the courts, and we remain committed to supporting this national and state organization working to achieve that, in a gesture presumably geared at claiming its disgruntled staff, Disney added. Workers at Disney, on the other hand, have been convicted for a range of sex crimes against children, such as attempting to have sex with kids and possessing child pornography. In 2014, a CNN article, the company's pedophilia issue was exposed, with at least 35 Disney world personnel jailed in eight years since 2006 for alleged child sex crimes. Quote, so far, a total of 32 have been convicted, while the remaining cases pending explained CNN at the time of publication. So, I mean, again, you get that. You know that. That's nothing new. That's the sad part. That's nothing new. You knew Disney had pedophiles there. They're everywhere. Those pedos are everywhere. And I'm not, you know, that's the crazy thing. Back in the day when, when you would cover this, you know, you would have a little bit more tact and a little bit more, you know, you'd be a little bit more respectful about it because, well, these were behind closed doors things. These were nasty things. But because we've reached that inverted point in history, I'm just like, heck, yeah, there's pedos there. Heck, yes, there's pedos here. You should know this by now. Back in the day, 2014, you'd say, oh, well, you know you would have to tenuously make those connections. Like, hey, look, there's a lot of pedophilic and sexual encounters that take place at Disney. Now, it's out here in the open. You know this. And now it's gotten a lot worse. Let me try to find for you guys another quick clip that points out what's going on with some of this other... (laughs) Wow. Uh, right here, trans non-binary teacher says three-year-old children should be taught about sex. And so again, you've got Disney trying to teach your kids about sex, making everything as queer as they possibly can. You've got the school teachers that are apparently non-binary, non-gender, right? Talking about sex with kids. This is very dangerous. This is very dangerous. Let's listen. And I 1000% do not support this bill. And yes, I do know what's in it. The bill in itself is just another way to stigmatize the LGBTQ plus community. Kids as young as three and four are actually aware of their gender identity, even if they don't have the language for it. Also very aware of who they like and who they don't like. Heterosexuality is pushed on our kids on a daily basis at a very young age. Media, through books, the first Disney movie that you saw. To say that pre-K through third grade are not ready for such topics is actually internalized homophobia and transphobia very much ready for these topics and are way more accepting than adults when it comes to discussing these topics. We can talk about gender, gender assumptions, pronouns, all the things. And it is child development appropriate and age appropriate. It's literally created as just another means to other queer people. Basically say that us existing is not normal. Oof. Yikes. Yeah, so that's your, that's, that's, that's somebody's teacher. Okay. That's what's going on in the schools. I don't know. Where, it's so crazy. You only see this on TikTok, too. I'm sorry. I'm not. It's not going to happen. I would like, I don't know. When my baby girl starts going to kindergarten, you better believe I'm going to be like a hawk trying to figure out, you know, who's who's who. 
we'll even move whole districts. We're not having that. We're not having that because it doesn't end there, right? That's the crazy thing. Check this out. All I have to do is scroll a little bit through the feed and pull up something else for you guys. Uh, ten, oh, oh, we moved, we scrolled past it. Something else even crazier. 10-year-old student's homework was to study her father's erection, claims Australian member of parliament. Doesn't end there. And so this, 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 this lispy person that you just heard, right? That trans non-binary teacher that says children, three-year-old children should be taught about sex. This is, this is the progression, right? You see how it progressively gets worse. Trans kids teaching kids like this gender ideology, this type of stuff. I don't like to play this type of stuff. I don't like to cover this at all. But this is what's going on in the schools. And this is what's being leaked out, right? Imagine just wanted to be taught algebra or, I don't know, trigonometry or history and just being told that you're gay. Matter this, uh, this afternoon for the attention of the Minister for Education, and I have to say, it is not often in this job. I am absolutely shocked. I thought I'd, I thought I'd seen everything, uh, but this one um, is um, is uh, just just beyond words. Uh, it is a, a a note from a constituent who says, "Hi, Bernie. This is a worksheet that my ten-year-old daughter brought home from school, and it includes a photo of the worksheet. Part of her homework was to discuss with her father." his erections and ejaculation. I find this very disturbing and sickening, as indeed do I, I have to say. I have complained to the school and was told it was just part of the curriculum. Can you advise who else I should make a complaint to? Well, I could go on for days uh, who she could complain to. My daughter still plays with dolls and writes letters to the tooth fairy. There is no way any little girl should be told to ask these questions. Well, so say all of us. What the hell is going on in this state when 10-year-old girls are told to go home and talk to your father about his erections and about his ejaculations? What the hell is going on here? How the hell are we supposed to protect our kids when this sort of perversion is in our schools? This is what is being dished up to them on a daily basis in a primary school. Not even a secondary school, a primary school. This is just unbelievable. It's staggering. I could not imagine the reaction. I have three daughters. I could not imagine the reaction of any of them if they were told to, to, to do that. They would be traumatised for life. I don't think they'd ever recover. I'm not sure I'd ever recover. This is, this is just deplorable. Yeah, I think what's crazy is no one ever has a response to 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 the outright evil that we're seeing because it, it, it breaks all social norms. I think everybody understands you stay away from the kids. But we have reached a point where the social contract has been violated and these pedophiles are 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 uncloaking. They are coming out saying, you know, we 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 want access to your children. Because it's not even about the kids, you understand? It's about the future. It's about being able to scramble the future before the future arrives. Like, look at this. Listen to this. Polyamorous, gender-fluid witch brags about how she teaches her, spree, her preschool students about sexuality. Again, imagine just wanting to play building blocks, you know? Put the, put the triangle in the triangle hole, baby. Yay, good job. You know, put the triangle in the triangle hole. Put the tr square in the square hole. 
put the cylinder in the in, in the circular hole. Do you see the red triangle? Can you imagine this lunatic, this 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 quote teacher, this polyamorous gender fluid? I don't give a shit what you are. Teach my child the very basics and fundamentals of society and education and academia. The red triangle goes in that red hole in that hole over there. The green square goes in that green square over there. That uh, blue cylinder goes in that blue hole over there. Don't do don't don't talk to my child about sexuality. You see, you you, you kind of some ways have to be like this because you, what's happening now is they've seen you as the bad guy. Oh, heterosexuality, that's a bad thing. Oh, you know, being normal, having kids. Oh, wow, who does that? <laughs> like that's 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 where this is going with this inversion. You understand? Let me play this and then we'll pick it up right after. Man, y'all thought me uh, teaching the children about me being poly was crazy. But not only that, but they also know that I'm gender fluid. Uh, At one point last year, I had explained to them that I was not Miss Lois or Mr. Lois. It's just Lois because I'm not a boy or a girl. And this was all well and good until October when I also explained to them that I'm pagan, so I am also a witch. Oh, great. And at one point, I got in a haircut, and I got in the sides of my mohawk shaved down. And I come into work, and one of the children goes, Lois, are you a boy? You have short hair. And his sister goes, no, Lois is a girl. And a third child, who's my favorite, suddenly yells, no, guys, we've been over this. Lois isn't a boy. We're a girl. Lois is a witch. Duh. Duh. Isn't it a good thing? A witch is teaching us. Yay. But it's not like you see how it's like, oh, we've gone past like it's crazy because they're asking us to believe in this, 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 this fantasy and this thing they've created in their head. And they said, you know what? Let's take it a step even farther. I'm a straight up witch. So it's not even that the teacher that the that the kids identify uh this lowest creature as a teacher, they recognize her as a witch. Like that's, what's crazy. Right. And so I don't know, maybe being raised in the South, I was raised to say yes, ma'am. And no, sir. These days I say these type of things to people, then people will get offended. Hell, I have to make sure I'm saying yes, ma'am to an actual ma'am and no, sir, to an actual sir. That's again, just how inverted and everything is. And me being my, darn dirty christian bigoted self my old world thinking self do you, do you see how i'm the bad guy for not going along with this magical thinking where there's witches where there's polyamorous gender fluid people you know where there's trans and non-binary teachers to where we can ask each other about like our our, our sexual proclivities like what this is this is this is what's going on right and it's definitely not going to slow down but that's, again, why this is so dangerous. This is all stuff that needs to stay away from the kids. I mean, I, my God, you would think that's like a given. But this is how far. <laughs> this is how far we've truly fallen. Let me show you guys another quick clip, and then we'll start moving forward a little bit more with this. Again, this is all the information that's just coming out very quickly. It's just insane to think that, you know, again, this is what's going on in the schools. This, this is what's teaching kids right now. I, 
All right. So, and something something cool about me, Miss Hammond. All right. All right. So something that's really cool and unique about who I am is that I am transgender. So we touched a little bit about that at the beginning of this week uh, in the book that Miss Hammond read, but I'm going to give you my explanation about what it means to be transgender as well. So when babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy or a girl based on what they look like. And most of the time that guess is 100% correct. There are no issues whatsoever. Um, and, but sometimes the doctor is wrong. The doctor makes an incorrect guess. Um, when the doctor makes a correct guess, that's when a person is called cisgender. When a doctor's guess is wrong, that's when they are transgender. So I'm a man, but when I was a baby, the doctors told my parents I was a girl. And so my parents gave me a name that girls typically have and bought me clothes that girls typically wear. Um, and until I was 18 years old, everyone thought I was a girl. And this was super, super uncomfortable for me because I knew that wasn't right. Um, the way I like to describe it is like wearing a super itchy sweater. Um, the longer you wear it, the itchier it gets. And the only way to make the itching stop is to have everyone see and know the person that you really are. So when I was 18, I told my family and my friends that I'm really a boy. And it was like this huge weight had been lifted off of my shoulders and I had the freedom to be who I truly am. And even though this experience is super challenging sometimes, um, I am it may be the person I am, and I'm super proud to be transgender. There you have it. There you have it. Doctors are just wrong sometimes, don't you know? Doctors are just wrong. CDC. And I, I think that's crazy how, you know, we're very selective with this science. Doctors can be wrong, but we're supposed to trust the science when it comes to vaccines. You know, it's just it, it, it is what it is, man. People are just making it up as they go. You know, this is this is the lawlessness. Right. It's not just like nobody's following the law. It's, it's, it's actual lawlessness. It's the moral ambiguity. It's the gradual erosion of, 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 of societal principles. They know what they're doing. Breaking down binary. They know what they're doing. Check this out. Health officials warn of a large outbreak of serious bacterial illness in Florida that is primarily affecting gay and bisexual men. Huh. With a warning following a meningitis outbreak in Florida. Now, it primarily impacts gay and bisexual men. Some of the cases involve college students as well as those living with HIV. Meningitis is a swelling in the brain and spinal cord and can be contracted by long periods of close contact, such as kissing. Now, early symptoms include fever, headaches, stiff neck, even vomiting. CDC says it is a very deadly illness. Now, 20% of those who do survive can suffer from long-term disabilities, such as a loss of limbs, brain damage, and deafness. Interesting. Now, I don't know if that's COVID related. I don't know if that's uh, LGBTQ related, but I found it very interesting that it came out as, again, all this other information came out. Uh, and I'm going to play for you. And this is, I think, I've got to figure out how to how to present this. You're having somebody that is a transgender themselves saying, is gender therapy conversion therapy? You, you, you. You have a transgender female psychologist worrying that the trans trend among teens has gone too far and argues that the pressure and social media is influencing them. So you have somebody that's in the trans community saying, hey, we really are beginning to do too much of this to kids. And this is becoming an actual issue. 
So you're going to hear somebody from that actual community saying that this is this has gone too far. Disney's celebrating that Gen Z is 30 to 40 percent queerer than the other generations. People who are seeing this are like, hey, you know, just because I'm in this doesn't mean I want to be in this. This isn't a good thing. So let's 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 listen to this. And again, the main thing I want to get across to this is the social media, social conditioning, social clout aspect to this. This isn't like getting a tattoo. It's not like cutting your wrists. Right. It's it's, it's not like, a, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, shaving your head or doing something punk and silly like this. These are chemicals. This is something different. Uh, so let's play this and then we'll pick it up from there. It's just absolutely crazy what's going on. Again, when you have somebody from the actual trans community coming out and saying, hey, this is getting out of control. They're they're taking this too far. And then we'll talk more about taking things too far on the other side. In the current chatter about gender questioning youth and how to respond to them, some are uh, offering what I consider to be a false binary. The false binary is that uh, that no therapy is indicated for gender questioning youth because all therapy for gender questioning youth constitutes conversion therapy. Let me be clear. I am a, an opponent, a staunch opponent, and I have been for many years of conversion therapy, which seeks to convert someone's expressed gender or sexual orientation to being heteronormative or cisgender. It's wrong. It's been well documented that it doesn't help anybody and it has hurt a lot of people. So conversion therapy is wrong and I've supported efforts to eradicate it and make it illegal. However, to say that any therapy with gender questioning kids constitutes conversion therapy is a grave injustice to psychotherapy itself and its purposes, which are to help people understand who they are and to guide them, not to coerce them. The kind of gender exploratory therapy that I practice and recommend is really devoted to affirming a young person and helping them, not harming them, not coercing them, but really ideally to help them find out who they are authentically and to support that, uh, that direction for them. So please do not, do not buy into this uh, false binary of all therapy other than uh, all any therapy is conversion therapy for gender questioning kids. It's not true. Don't don't buy it. Thanks for listening. Interesting, Doctor Erica Anderson. Interesting, Doctor Erica Anderson. How to be a great parent for your transgender or gender questioning child. Interesting. Even they're admitting that some of what children are being exposed to is gender therapy. You know, and this is why when you see mothers saying, Oh, well, my, my child is going to be gay. That's gender therapy. You're, you're, you're conditioning a child to believe and think something. You're not letting them come to the conclusion. They're not forming this, this, this thought process themselves. They're not believing this internally. You are preconditioning them to become something. And that's what's so dangerous about this. At the end of the day, that's what this is. You are preconditioning people 
to be a certain way. Like straight up, my daughter's going to be super woke because she's going to be hearing all the stuff daddy's talking about and more and helping me out get it done. Is, 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 is that therapy? Right. And you know, there's the saying of the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. I feel like that does and does not apply to this type of situation. What this is, is again, just conditioning people to think and be a certain way. Part of it is from the atrazine and the fluoride in the water, the chemicals and things like this, no doubt. Disney and social reinforcement. But what about your parents as well? Truly crazy. But keep this in mind because it's not just about... We're seeing the transgenderism be radically thrown on the population, no doubt. Specifically on the children. It's, it's, It's targeting the children. We can see that. I don't think anybody would dispute that. But what other forms of programming would other people not dispute? And what I mean by that is we are seeing an awful lot of chaos. What I mean by that is, you know, to switch to, to, to radically switch gears. What I mean by that is we're not really being shown peace, civility, uh, stability, diligence, dignity. We're not being shown. Uh, the higher moral qualities of society, the higher intellectual uh, attributes and traits that people like to embody. Nope, we're really not. What we are seeing, to be quite honest, again, are these dystopian views, these decadent views, these degenerate views, these images, these things that don't really promote, again, civility, dignity, chivalry, respect, we're being promoted dystopia. And why, why am I making that, 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 that harsh shift from talking about transgenders into talking about dystopia? Well, they had to come from somewhere with all due respect. This was a, the same way that I talk about the synthetic culture of drugs, guns, and 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 womanizing and beating beating females and things like this that was that was pumped into the black culture and to the black community is the same way that this transgender thing is a synthetic culture that's being pumped into the society but these are all parts of the greater dystopian vision that's being uploaded into us right now audio listeners you guys can't see this but i'm currently playing footage of three french police officers beaten by 15 quote youths during an arrest. And so we're, 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 we're making our way to talking about uh, Frank James, the black nationalist that was charged with a federal terrorism crime. But we have to get to, we have to, we have to set a basis. How does something like that happen? How does somebody just start shooting people in the middle of the street? How do we start having uh, 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 situations where 15 people just run up on cops? Civil unrest is just like a, 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 a thing that we see every single week now. Crime is up. Smash uh, smash and grab. Flash mobs are a thing. Like, where did all of this come from? World star, hip-hop, Disney, all this other stuff. You've got to think about how we really are dealing with some of the most programmed generation. Some of the most programmed people in history. And they are being programmed to operate in a lower 
vibrational state, in a lower state of being. Let me pull up for you guys real quick this clip that we put up just before coming onto the air. Look at this. Thieves run over woman and steal her watch. Thieves run over woman and steal her watch as roving Los Angeles gangs target the city's wealthiest. Crazy. There's no, there's no list. You can't hear the footage. But there she is. There's this chick. She's running down the street. You know, she's trying to get help. Oh, and she just gets hit by a, a, a chrome charger is what it looks like. Two gentlemen with firearms come out the vehicle, rob her like they say for the for the watch and drive off. Yeah, broad daylight. In broad daylight. So crime is just taking place in broad daylight now. Let me see if I can find you this clip of USPS mail service halting service because, again, of the crime that's going on. You know, we're, we're, we're only 10 episodes into this season, and I feel like I... I feel like at a certain level, uh, showing the rising crime and violence that's occurring has become a staple in the show. So let's see. Let's see if we can find that. And this is a part that this has a part to play too: the violence, the crime, the destabilization, right? The defund the police movement, them just getting you used to things like this and more, uh, But let's play this and then we'll pick it up afterwards. The U.S. Postal Service is refusing to deliver mail to a Santa Monica neighborhood because they say it's too dangerous. This is happening on the 1300 block of 14th Street between Arizona Avenue and Santa Monica Boulevard. Cake Headlines' Jeff Nguyen, he is live in Santa Monica with a look at what is happening there. Jeff, I'm sure frustrated residents. Yeah, so Jasmine, if you were to walk down this block, you will notice that the homes and the apartments here have something in common, and that is they have received this letter from the post office, which isn't promising a speedy delivery. This popped up, I think it was not last night, the night before. Courtney Smith says the post office recently left this notice at her Santa Monica apartment complex. It reads in part, delivery service is hereby suspended to all addresses located on the 1300 block of 14th Street. And my immediate reaction was just... um, disappointment, frustration. The note goes on to say multiple carriers have been subjected to assaults and threats of assault from an individual who has not been located or apprehended. We spoke to Santa Monica police who told us the only assault case involving a postal carrier they're aware of goes back to January 9th. It happened near the corner of Arizona and 14th where a customer attacked the carrier with a broomstick and left him with a small cut to his arm. But police say the victim ended up declining to have the case prosecuted. Police say it's unclear if the case in January is related to newer cases that led to the stoppage in service. But a department spokesperson told us the Postal Service has its own law enforcement agency, which hasn't been in touch with the PD. Since the suspension of Daily Mail has occurred, USPS still does come to our block exclusively for delivering packages. No paper mail envelopes, just packages. We called the Postal Service, but a spokesperson says she couldn't tell us anything beyond the letter that was sent out to customers. So I feel a lot of compassion for the mail carriers. They shouldn't be having to deal with that. 
Um, and likewise, I feel compassion for the people that are instigating these things because who knows what's going on with them. But like not doing anything isn't the solution. And just saying, hey, come pick your mail up isn't the solution. And for now, people on this block will have to go to the post office on 7th Street to pick up their mail. And it's unclear when service will be back to normal. We are live in Santa Monica. Jeff Nguyen, KCAL 9 News. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate it. Hey, try not to get shot going back back to the uh, back to the studio there. And, you know, that's what's going on right now. That is what's going on right now. You imagine not being able to get your mail because of just rampant crime. Like you have to go to a safe space to go get mail. Defund the police. Am I right? You know, and again, it's not just the defund the police movement. It's not just the social engineering and the social unrest, the civil unrest, the economic collapse. It's all of it. You know, this is why I'm saying we have been slated for for uh, dystopia. We have been slated for dystopia. And so now we have to get into this most recent chaotic event that took place this week, right? The Brooklyn subway shooting that occurred. Uh, We'll be playing a couple clips of that. Some of the uh, shooting and explosion that took place there. You know what? Let's go ahead and just see if we can pull that up for you guys now. Because it's pretty crazy footage. Nonetheless, it's just just wild what's going on you know, yes you have some people saying it was a false flag I don't know I, I I don't know. So apparently they have the suspect. He's already been apprehended. uh, And it has, like we covered in the radar read earlier in the show, it is a very, very interesting situation. Uh, But let's try to make it through some of these articles that we have here for you guys. Person of interest in New York City subway attack had social media filled with black nationalism and hate. It says that uh, this is an article by Ari Hoffman of the Post Millennial. They put this up April 12th. It says Frank James, a 62-year-old man who has been identified as a person of interest in the Brooklyn subway attack that injured at least 29 people Tuesday morning, warned last month that he was, quote, entering the danger zone. James allegedly rented a U-Haul van linked to the shooting on the subway shooting in Brooklyn and is being sought for questioning. He previously rallied against Mayor Adams and posted threatening rants on YouTube. In a March 2022 video uploaded to YouTube, James expressed the hope that humanity would be exterminated because of the damage people have done to the environment. You know, what can you do about that? So anyway, moving right along with our story, you know, I'm talking about um, 
our condition as a so-called uh, group of people, you know, these are some things that keep in mind. We're, we're, we're living in some very dangerous times, I would say, very uncertain times. And especially with the situation happening over in Ukraine and this constant talk of a World War III. Like I told you in my last video, three strikes and you're fucking out. Three strikes and you're out. There's no four, there are no four strikes in baseball and there are no four strikes in war. And I also told you that um, I think that would be best. Actually, I, I believe, no, no, excuse me. Let, me, let me take that back. I know that would be best if nuclear devices were dropped and all of mankind was wiped out. The Earth would survive. The Earth would survive. Other, other life forms would find a, a way to survive that and thrive and, you know, uh, something new could take our place. It's, it's time for that. Because we turned this earth into a fucking sewer. We've turned it into a garbage dump. If you ever think about how much shit you use, the toilet paper, the tissue, the whatever else, anything, all the old clothes that you wear and throw away, where does that shit go? It doesn't disappear in thin air. It goes out into the environment. Yeah, humans need to die. Say, kill yourself, save the planet. Here's another video of him recently expressing disappointment that Justice Kentanji Brown is married to a white man. I had no idea with that African name that she would be married to a white man. One of my subscribers brought that to my attention. Yeah. Our black sister, Supreme Court Justice, power to the people, is married to a fucking white man. She's fucking bitch. I don't believe this shit. Oh God. Wait a minute. This this is the motherfucker right there. We there is a white man. Black sister. Kentanji Tate, whatever the fuck her name is. Married to a white man. It goes on to say that James also claimed that the Russian invasion of Ukraine was proof that black people were treated with disdain in society. Let's let's move on because I think we have a little bit more here. Again, this is all his Twitter. It's 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 kind of crazy to think about. That's how easy it would be to be a racist. Uh, I don't know how you'd feel about me, man. You know, my wife is white. My my daughter's mixed race. We didn't get the vaccine. I think a lot of what I think a lot of what homie said right there. Uh, you know, that's 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 what they want, man. And it's sad because I know people like that. That's a sad state of affair. Brooklyn subway shooter still at large. NYPD identify a suspect for credit card from credit card at scene. Wow. So let's see. I think we actually have. We have we should have the footage of him actually being arrested. If not. We can we can you, you already get that he's been arrested. They found him. He's been arrested. He's been charged. And he's a crazy, he's, he's, he's not a crazy person. He's like everybody else out there. He's like some of these black nationalists and these radicals that you hear. You know, there's racists on both sides. And this is what happens whenever people just get programmed to hate. And that's what this is. And I know people are thinking, wow, we took a hardcore turn from talking about the LGBTQP and trans community to the black community. Well, if you would go back a couple of episodes ago, this is exactly what they want for black people. This is what Black Lives Matter represents is queer affirming ideologies and trans affirming ideologies and 
understanding your black privilege in the global community. This is the type of nonsense that they want. And I'm sure if we were to go into his profile, we would hear some of that same type of solidarity that's going on there. You don't just go out there and start shooting over 29 people just because. I've played clips on the show, too, where I hear some of the radical racists that are out there that are black, bro. And I worry for white people. I I worry for white people. Because I see what's going on with the propaganda and and the social engineering. And so the final clip I want to play for you guys to close this segment out is of just this this detached <laughs> just this detached politician is the easiest way for me to describe it. You know, with everything that's going on, this, that, and the third, you've got this detached politician saying silly things like wanting to abolish the police. You know, because healthy and resourced healthy communities don't need the police. So given everything we've already covered here, think about just how how detached and disconnected this type of thinking is. We don't need police, right? You've got shootings going on, racist, people trying to do this, that, and the third. And you've got detached candidates in, in, in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles mayoral candidate wanting to abolish police <laughs> because resourced and healthy communities don't need police. Just just, just more of this absolute nonsense. But there you have it. I mean, you don't get your police. If you don't want police, I think a lot of this type of stuff should start happening. They should just start pulling back support not giving these people the police, watching crime spike, you know, but it's just going to end up being a drain on the system anyway. So I'm rambling. I'm pontificating. I'm having a hard time finding that clip. And that's all. Oh, there it is. I don't feel safe right now. They say that crime is increasing. They want to have more police. Every, uh, almost every other mayoral candidate says that there should be more police. What do you say to those people? I say that resourced, healthy communities are safe communities. That the reason there are any communities that aren't safe is because the police has been hoarding the budget. If you look at the COVID dollars that were put into the city of Los Angeles, Kenneth Mejia, who's running for city controller, put a billboard up the other day. The LAPD got over half of that funding that was meant for COVID relief for the city of LA. And this has been our reality for decades now. So do you you want to get real quick? I'm sorry. Do you want to get rid of the police? Abolish the police? Yes, eventually. Again, healthy communities do not need police. When communities are resourced, there is low crime. In fact, when I was gathering signatures, I had people in the Valley ask me that very question. What am I going to do about the fact that uh, folks aren't going to be prosecuted if they steal less than $950? And I would say to them, but if folks have their needs met, they don't need to steal. Which community doesn't have a police department? Which community doesn't have a police department? Right. You said that communities without police departments are safer communities. And there is no such I a said, thing. No, that's not what I said. What I said is safe and resourced communities don't need police departments. And, and so then who would uh, enforce the laws? Well, laws would change. I mean, it's right now when a, when a crime happens, the police are called after the fact. 
right? I just heard Chief Moore this past Tuesday in police commission talk about a robbery that took place outside a nightclub in Hollywood where somebody was robbed to the tune of $130,000. And Hollywood is crawling with police officers. I live in Hollywood. I know there are police officers everywhere. If they can't prevent those crimes, what crimes are they preventing? They're actually called after a crime has been committed. The biggest... Oh, Gina. Oh, Gina, you have no idea. Oh, man. You know, I'm sure to her Ivy League friends and her colleagues up in Hollywood, you know, and everybody else that hyped her up to do this, I'm sure they all, they have these wonderfully lofty ideas. That's what I mean by disconnected. Like Maxine Waller telling a group of homeless people to go home. Oh, Gina. Gina Viola. Oh, you have no idea what you're absolutely talking about. Like, I don't even live in Los Angeles and I see what's going on and I think you guys need police. But for her to get up there and just say that somebody hyped her up to do that. Somebody lied to this woman. Oh, Gina, you don't know what you're talking about. You poor girl. And I hope, you know, I I, I hope <laughs> that she does not follow through on that. Because if she does, she's only going to eat crow. That is a very, very silly thing to do. Gina, please do not do that. Uh, but here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about waters of wickedness. That's right. It's kind of a nod towards the documentary, Watch the Waters, that came out by Stu Peters featuring Dr. Brian Artis. We're going to be covering some crazy stuff coming out in the news this week. Uh, ironically enough, we're not going to be talking about the Watch the Waters documentary by Stu Peters featuring Dr. Brian Artis. We'll put the link for that in the description bar below. We will have it linked up on our Telegram as well as on our Odyssey channel backed up because you know the censors are going to do what censors do. We're just trying to decentralize and cloud see that information, crowd see that information. We're going to be talking about thousands of lockdown Chinese people in Shanghai screaming from their apartments. Fauci showing his ugly head saying that COVID will not be eradicated. Moderna recalling over 70,000 contaminated vials, as well as Bill Gates saying that outrage towards his vaccine effort is kind of weird. We're going to be talking about waters of wickedness on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. When COVID-19 struck Canada, we at Scheiser knew we had to respond. Our lobbyists and public relations staff went to work around the clock for our revolutionary mRNA gene therapy. Not revolutionary in the sense that it actually works, but rather that it would earn for us unprecedented profits. By convincing people to line up for our injections and pressurizing governments and employers to make them mandatory, we secured trillions for us and our investors. And thanks to partners like Justin Trudeau, who hasn't got a functioning brain cell, we can rest assured that our product will find its way into the arms of tens of millions of Canadians. Over and over and over. Scheiser. Because we care about our profits. Side effects may include muscle spasms, seizures, paralysis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, myocarditis, pericarditis, Parkinson's disease, heart attacks, strokes, meningitis, brain death, premature births, stillbirths, sterility, increased risk of cancer, and death. Do not consult your doctor. We own them too. 
talk to you about that's right cbd oil cbd oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts and you know they're trying to flood us with both according to a 2013 study published in the british journal of clinical pharmacology cbd was proven to have these benefits relieving pain and inflammation having antipsychotic effects reducing anxiety helping to fight cancer relieving nausea treating seizures lowering incidences of diabetes and also promoting cardiovascular health Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. And just like that, we're back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Yeah, you can find the links to CBD oil in the description bar below. We've got 420 coming up, and I would highly recommend you guys take advantage of some of the uh, the deals they have coming up. And you know, I I, I laugh because I just got this like image of 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 one of our listeners like sitting there smoking a joint while you've got this guy over here in his slacks taking a vaccine, and then I just have this image of him dancing around and then getting progressively more and more tired, you know, as he's beginning to feel the effects of the vaccine while our listener is still smoking that joint, looking at this guy say, I'm fine, I'm vaccinated. It works. You know, he gets progressively weaker and weaker. Uh, and still our listeners are smoking that joint, looking at uh, the vaccine-induced autoimmune, in, autoimmune, in, autoimmune deficiency syndrome take place. Um, and we're just still smoking that joint, looking at him, saying, how's that working out for you, bud? And I say that because all of this could have been avoided. All of all of what we're going to get into here, all of this could have been avoided. But it wasn't. It was encouraged by the media and by social media. The same the same way that Frank James Cat is out there shooting people is the same way that people are train changing their genders is the same way that people out here shooting poison in themselves all from the media all from the social media telling people to do it tricking people to do it 
threatening people to do it, making people feel less than, worse than, uh, non-essential, just dehumanized, just, just doing more of that nonsense. It's all from the media. And that's a sad state of affairs. Why? Because it hits the, here's, here's what it ends up doing, the media and the social media. It hits the low IQ people, the people that can't think for themselves. Believe it or not, it's a fair amount of the population. You get a fair amount of the population that can't think for themselves all parody in the same thing. They're going to come after the people that think for themselves. And that's what happened, right? They didn't have to get, they weren't, their target wasn't us. It wasn't the conscious thinking people. It was the people who were going along with everything, the trendies, the ones that looked for the social challenges, that loved the Snapchat filters, that did everything they were told because, well, why not eat a Tide Pod? (laughs) There's a challenge going on. I've got to get views up. It was that. That's who they wanted. That was their target, not us. You see, we, we come later. You see, that's why we're a part of a different control group. That's why they're using us in a different context. And they have sinister things planned for those that have taken the shot. But let me go ahead and stop riffing and pontificating. Let me go ahead and say, again, if you guys want to support this operation, the best way to do so is to go to coffee.com forward slash noise era, ko-fi.com forward slash noise era, buy us some red pills, get yourself a subscription. And what's cool is if you guys even do it one time, I can keep you in the loop whenever I do uh, some of the other things that aren't necessarily exclusive member exclusive. (laughs) As silly as that may sound, coffee.com forward slash noise area is the best way to support us. Go there, do that. Let's go ahead and start getting into some of the crazier things surrounding COVID. Uh, What I'll also do, as I said before this segment, I'll put the link to the Telegram and the Odyssey version of the Watch the Waters documentary done by Stu Peters featuring Dr. Bryden Artis. I'll put the links for that in the description bar below in the episode article. That way you guys can check it out and share it and get it out there. Let's go ahead and start getting into the content, some of the crazy things going on. You know, we we we, we left off the, the last segment talking about, <laughs> oh, Gina, we talked about the Los Angeles mayoral candidate wanting to abolish police because, well, resourced and healthy communities don't need police. Well, coming into this segment, I'm going to play for you guys real quick a clip of a seven-foot-tall robot at the Dallas Love Field football field watching for unmasked travelers and curbside loiters. This is the type of policing that they want for you instead. Welcome to Dallas Love Field Airport. Oh, geez. Okay. Okay, let me start it over. And you hear the voice, too? That's the voice of the New World Order. So woke, like, all right, welcome to Dallas. We're just going to tell you to get your vaccine. Have you had your shots, honey? Welcome to Dallas. Welcome to Dallas, Love Field Airport. All Ubers. Lyfts, taxis, and rental car shuttles are located on the lower level. To access the lower level, please use an escalator or elevator to proceed downstairs. 
Okay. And so this is, that's the scientific dictatorship's version of policing, right? Because they know they can't stop everything. They can just kind of put that there and give the illusion of control, of peace, of security and safety. But what they'll do is they'll really just disappear you. Like if you end up not following the law. You see this little robot thing, this is just used to scout and be used for reconnaissance. The real foot soldiers, the secret police, the people that will be doing the disappearing, that's what you want to look out for. Because keep this in mind, look at this right here. Every House Democrat voted against stopping the government monitoring and persecution of unvaccinated Americans. The left wanted the unvaccinated treated as domestic terrorists. Right. That's why they say, uh, welcome to Dallas. Keep your mask on. Oh, you're not putting your mask on. That's okay, honey. We're just going to black bag you and throw you in the back of this car and put you in the camp and never, never let you come out. And it sounds crazy. But that's 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 how this works. It's a tippy toe into authoritarianism. You understand? Let me read this quick article. This comes from the National Pulse. It's by Natalie Winters. They put this up April 7th. It says all House Democrats on the Judiciary Committee voted against a proposed amendment to a domestic terrorism bill that would have prevented American intelligence and security agencies from receiving taxpayer funds to, quote, monitor, analyze, investigate and prosecute Americans unvaccinated against COVID-19. Representative Thomas Massey broke the news of the party line vote amidst a Judiciary Committee debate over a domestic terrorism bill via Twitter, revealing that, quote, Due to a troubling DHS bulletin, Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona offered an amendment to prevent the targeting of Americans due to their views on the COVID vaccine. Quote, every Democrat voted against his amendment. The Kentucky congressman continued. The bill in question, H.R. 350, or the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act of 2021, authorizes various federal agencies, including the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Justice, and the FBI to use taxpayer-funded resources to, quote, analyze and monitor domestic terrorism activity and to, quote, take steps to prevent domestic terrorism. The term, quote, domestic terrorism, however, has seen its definition reoriented under President Joe Biden, with a recent memo from the Department of Homeland Security claiming individuals spreading, quote, conspiracy theories and, quote, disinformation pose a significant threat to American national security. Let me pause right there. Because we see them moving forward with this thought process. Oh, you're questioning the elections? What are you, a terrorist? Ah, you don't want your kids taught transgenderism and critical race theory. What are you, some type of bigot, some type of terrorist? This is, and we jest, but this is a very, very dangerous thought process and narrative that is forming. This is definitely something they are beginning to push forward with. And when I listen to Noah Yuval Harari talk about bio-digital surveillance, all-encompassing bio-digital surveillance, where we go inside of the body, this type of stuff worries me. And it should worry every single person. Because the same way that they call it a vaccine right now, when they change the definition of a vaccine, is the same way that they will change the actual word vaccine. 
Like I'm, I, I, I think what I'm trying to say, and this will make more sense when we get into it in the third segment. I'm waiting for them to say that, oh, your immunization is really your, 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 your chip. The same way that we have that we hear about vaccine passports and health passports and stuff like this, and oh, it's required and blah 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 blah, is the same way that it's going to be required for you to have a chip, required for you to have an implant, right? It's it it, it and it starts with this. We need to be able to monitor and persecute anybody that is unvaccinated. And you've got the radical left hyped up by the media and corporate entities like like, like, like Pfizer and more encouraging this. We're going to surveil you. We're going to call you a domestic terrorist because you don't want to put an experimental gene therapy inside of your body. How dare you? Let me read a little bit more. It says that the document released February signed out individuals, singled out individuals sharing election fraud and COVID-19 related stories. Quote, there is widespread online proliferation or false of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud and COVID-19 and COVID-19. Grievances associated with these themes inspired violent extremists attacks during 2021, claimed the agency. Quote, COVID-19 mitigation measures, particularly COVID-19 vaccine and mask mandates, have been used by domestic violent extremists to justify violence since 2020 and could continue to inspire these extremists to target government, healthcare, and academic institutions that they associate with those measures. It continued. The memo promoted, promoted Republican Congressman Andy Biggs to introduce an amendment of a revised version of the bill ensuring that unvaccinated Americans would not be targeted by American intelligence and security agencies. How crazy is that? We we need a bill to say, hey, don't target Americans based on their political views. If they don't want to take an experimental gene therapy, do not begin to monitor and surveil them. They're not bad people. They're not bad people. But in this administration, everyone's bad because they don't bend the knee. Everyone's a suspect. Everyone's bad. We want to surveil everyone. And that's what you're seeing. You're seeing the establishment begin to just declare war on its people, right? To subjugate them, to bring them to heel. And it won't stop there. That's what I'm saying. We're going to see some pretty incredible things in our time frame. Like this right here. Check this out. Listen to this. Thousands of lockdown starving Shanghai residents scream from their apartment windows. Because they want food. They're locked in their apartment. This is the zero COVID policy. 
This is eradicating COVID. 根治什么呢？因为所有的人，你都不晓得这个状态到底维持到啥个程度。你总要把个把个标准，或者是讲有一个具体的说法。没，侬讲过，闷闷了七天。当然，我理想不能出门啊，不是说不能出小区啊。It's just people screaming forever. Now this this next one, it's only like thirteen seconds long. I'll restart it. But uh, the news clip for this one was basically a drone going around saying, "Hey, we know you're screaming for your freedoms," and the drone basically saying in Chinese, "Don't do that.、Uh, don't scream for your freedoms. We know we can't." It, it was something like, "Oh, we we know we can't quell your thirst for freedom."、Uh, something, something, something. They're they're basically saying, "Shut up." So you've got again entire towns, cities like Shanghai, departments, thousands of people screaming because they they they, they don't have food, they don't have access, not being be- given basic necessities. So all they can do is scream and protest from their balconies. Some people have literally emptied out their refrigerators and. Dragged them to like their balconies and left them there, saying, "Hey, we have no food." And so you've got people emptying out refrigerators, putting them on balconies, screaming, basically saying, "Come save us! Come give us some type of sustenance." We've even reported on it just last week that they were kidnapping kids, medically kidnapping kids, and separating them from their parents. And what is the Chinese response? Release the drones. Tell them to stop to stop screaming. This is the model that they say they want us to follow. And so the clip that you're listening to right now is of people basically trying to. Get as many supplies as they possibly can. And so I, I, I just kind of want to play this real quick as I make this mention. You know, our Chinese-style lockdowns coming back down to coming back to America. These are only three clips of what's going on in China right now. There is so much more crazier stuff happening. I'm talking people in white suits, in those mar- in those marshmallow suits, coming to kidnap people again. Are those very same lockdowns going to happen here in America? And are you going to be ready? They are shaping things up for Bob Ba to for COVID to part two. Things are going to get crazy. Uh, moving on, hospital refuses to give nine-year-old boy a life-saving kidney transplant because his father is unvaccinated. Wah, wah. No jab, no organ. It says a hospital in Cleveland is refusing to provide a nine-year-old boy a life-saving kidney transplant because his father hasn't taken the COVID-19 vaccine. Dane Donaldson was found to be a perfect donor match for his son Tanner back in 2018, before the pandemic began. Knowing that transplanted kidneys from live donors only last for about 20 years, 
the family decided to delay the procedure. Now, the Cleveland Clinic's Children's Hospital is refusing to perform the operation because the father is unjabbed. Quote, individuals who are actively infected with COVID-19 have a much higher rate of complications during and after surgery, even if the infection is asymptomatic, the hospital said in a statement. Donaldson works in the insurance business and refused to get vaccinated for religious reasons and because he has seen a large number of clients becoming critically ill after receiving it. Quote, I asked them that in, I asked them in that car accident victim, would you vaccinate him on the way to the hospital to rip his kidney out? And they said no, Donaldson told the Epoch Times. Quote, a live donor is the best donor for kidneys, he added. Quote, but they'll take a kidney from a deceased person not vaccinated. It makes no sense. The father has promised to sign a waiver protecting the hospital from liability should he or his son get COVID, but the clinic still refuses to perform the operation. Quote, we continually strive to minimize risk to our living donors, and vaccination is an important component to ensure the safest approach and optimal outcomes for donors, said the hospital. Donaldson has now been forced to look for another hospital to perform the procedure. Some commenters have called for the unvaccinated to be denied medical treatment as punishment for refusing to get the jab. Numerous hospitals across America are following the same. No jab, no transplant policy as the Cleveland Clinic. Colorado's UC Health denied a woman who was in stage 5 renal failure a kidney transplant because she refused to take the jab. Hospitals in the UK are also now actively denying health care to patients deemed, quote, sexist, homophobic, or racist. Here it is. Here's your, here's your socialized medicine. Good God. Here is your socialized medicine. We're not going to give you health care because you're a racist. We're not going to take care of you because you didn't get the COVID vaccine. You might be better off without it. Absolutely incredible. Check this out right here. This worm is back. Dr. Anthony Fauci admits that COVID-19 is not going to be eradicated and concedes that Americans should just assess their own personal risk with the virus. So it's crazy that as we hear about bioweapons labs in Ukraine, it's crazy that as we hear about uh, potentially envenomated water supply systems, it's crazy as we hear about the vac, the mask not working. It's crazy how everything that we've talked about for two years is true. And then this snake comes out of nowhere talking about, well, you know, looks like it's not going to be eradicated. Looks like you should just get on with your life. If that's the case, then why, why are you even here? Don't get me started with this jabroni. Let's listen. Let me ask you about the, uh, the the spike we've seen right here in Washington. Uh, you and I were both at the Gridiron Dinner. This is a dinner that had a, about 600 or so uh, uh, attendees. So far, I, I believe we're at 67 people that have uh, tested positive who were at the dinner. Uh, I'm told, at least so far, no indication of anybody seriously ill. Uh, but but you know, about 10% of those infected. What what is the lesson here? Should we not be holding events like this or? To the, to the point we just talked about, is it time to accept that we, we can have an event like this, but there, there's going to be a risk. Some people will test positive if everybody's vaccinated. You know, it won't necessarily be that serious. 
I think it gets back to what we were discussing just a moment ago, John. It's going to be a person's decision about the individual risk they're going to take. Oh. I think the people who run functions, who run big dinners, who run functions oh. like the White House Correspondents Ball or thinking back the gridiron dinner are going to have to make a determination looking at the CDC guidelines and seeing where the trends are. I mean, there are some places you go, not only is it required that you show proof of vaccination, but you have to have a negative test the day you go to a particular place. And I know a lot of social functions throughout Washington and in New York are doing the same thing. And it's up to the individual to determine what their level of risk. We don't want to poo-poo getting infected. I think people sometimes say, well, it's okay to get infected. No, it's not, because there are things like long COVID. And there are sometimes people, even though they don't require hospitalization, John, they get significantly ill. They may be at home. They may require a doctor consultation, but they don't get hospitalized. That's not something to poo-poo. Again, each individual will have to take their own determination of risk. Oh, this is what happens whenever we... (laughs) This is what happens whenever we let politicians rule our lives. I was going to say ruin our lives. That's probably more appropriate, but you get what I'm saying. I I don't know, man. I I hear these people and it's like nails on the chalkboard to me. That's why all we can do is just continue to move on. Gross. I mean, common sense. And I, and I hate, I, I think I'm at a point now to where I hate seeing the truth come from these known liars. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it does to me. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals says Biden can force federal employees to, quote, get vaccinated for COVID against their will. An article by Ethan Huff of the D.C. clothesline, they put this up April 11th, says following a brief delay, Joe Biden's Wuhan coronavirus, quote, vaccine mandate for federal workers has been given the green light by the Fifth Circuit of Court of Appeals. In a 2-1 ruling, according to reports, the appeals court reversed a lower court ruling and, uh, and ordered a dismissal of a lawsuit challenging challenging China Joe's mandate. The ruling, which is a rare win for the New Orleans-based appellate court, declares that the federal judge did not have jurisdiction in this case and that those challenging the jab requirement could have pursued administrative remedies under civil service law. Back in January, U.S. District Judge Jeffrey Brown, who was appointed by Donald Trump to the district, district court for the Southern District of Texas, issued a nationwide injunction against the Biden's mandate. That injunction is now dead in the water. Oof. Dangerous. Dangerous. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals says that Biden can force federal employees to, quote, get vaccinated for COVID against their will. Dangerous. That's all I know. I would not be surprised. If we saw, again, we're, I, I truly do expect to see even more, even more issues unfold. They're not done. You know, they truly are not done. Uh, New York City Council members call on Mayor Adams to rehire, fired over a VAX mandate. The resolution is garnered bipartisan support. Interesting. This comes from National Files by Colin McHugh. And I'm expecting to see a lot more of these type of articles. Because they're 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 realizing that some of the vaccinated employees, they don't have the same vim and vigor as they used to. That 
they're a little bit more winded, that they're taking more days off, that the brain fog is there. These companies know. People see what's going on. They're not stupid. And if the main thing is being productive and efficient and functional, well, you don't want people who are t- who are going to get winded easy, who have brain fog, who are not going to be focused on the task at hand. And when you look at people who have been victimized by this vaccine, I'm sure you're, you're, you're beginning to see some of those effects. So, of course, the New York City council members call on, would call on Mayor Adams to rehire the workers fired over the VAX mandate. I'm sure there's for other political and obvious reasons like that as well. Something, something midterms, but you get what I'm saying. It says the City Council of New York is putting pressure on Mayor Eric Adams to rehire over 1,400 city workers who were fired over New York City's vaccine mandate policies. Council Minority Leader Joseph Borelli will be introducing a non-binding resolution at Thursday's meeting calling on Adams to rehire workers fired in February. The resolution, which has garnered bipartisan backing from at least seven other New York City Council members, also demands private businesses rehire employees who were fired for opting not to get vaccinated. Borelli told the New York Post that he wants the resolution to be apolitical. Supporters of the measure argue that Adams' decision to exempt athletes and performers from mandates is unfair to everyday New York City workers. Quote, there has to be equity, Borelli said. Quote, if we're willing to tolerate risks for athletes and performers, we must tolerate the same risks for all members of our workforce, be it the private sector or public. So it's crazy. It's crazy. You're seeing you're seeing that not necessarily a pump fake. Is it an easing of the restrictions? Is it the benevolent dictator approach? I'm not sure. But we're seeing a change in the force. We're seeing for sure the narrative change. Whether it be for better. Or for worse. Check this out right here. Let's get another clip up here for you beautiful people. Donald Trump came out just the other day saying that he will make it illegal. He will make it illegal for employees to be fired, for unjabbed employees to be fired. Let's take a listen. First things that we'll do with our new Republican majorities is to end every last COVID mandate. They're still around if you can do it. They're still around. It's hard to believe. And we will pass a bill making it illegal for any employer to interfere in personal health decisions or to fire employees for not having the vaccine. Yeah, it's what the people want. It is what the people want. They don't want to be poisoned. What a crazy concept. They just want somebody that's going to stand up for their freedoms. How rare is that? Check this out. Moderna recalls over 700,000 contaminated vaccine doses. The company is enacting the measures out of an, quote, abundance of caution, according to a statement. Another article by Colin McHugh of National File, they put this up April 9th. It says on Friday, Moderna announced that it was recalling 764,900 doses of its COVID-19 vaccine made by its contract manufacturer, 
Rovi, Reuters reported. Moderna announced the recall after a vial was contaminated by a foreign body. According to the pharmaceutical giant, no safety issues have been identified and the measures are being undertaken as a security or as a safety precaution. Moderna has stated that the affected doses were distributed in Norway, Poland, Portugal, Sweden, Spain, and more in January. According to the company, the issue was found in just one vial, though it has not been specified exactly what was causing the contamination. The measures are being enacted as an, quote, an abundance of caution, the drug maker said. Moderna added that it did not believe that the contamination posed a risk to other bio ba- other vials in the batch in a statement this past Friday. Now, one of the reasons why I pulled this aside is because I think it's a win. I think it's a good thing whenever they recall any of these things because it makes people do, you know, double takes. Hey, what's going on here? Is this an actual issue? That's 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 one way I look at it. Another reason I look at it is because we know there's something going on with the vaccine. Period. We know there's something going on with the vaccine. Part of me thinks, well, did you guys just leave it out too long? Because that's what happens. The contamination we hear with some of these vaccines is that they get left out in room temperature, and then you start seeing some very strange things happen. Right? Eggs, things moving around that shouldn't be moving around. Who knows what caused the contamination? We just know that there is a contamination taking place. This isn't the first time, though. Remember a couple months ago when Japan said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going to take any of these Moderna vaccines because they're contaminated with this nanoparticulate matter. What did that nanoparticulate matter end up being? Graphene oxide. Super, super sketchy. Check this out right here. Some more good news because the people are waking up. We the people will not comply. Thousands join the, quote, defeat the mandates rally against COVID-19 mandates in Los Angeles. Good stuff. Let's get some more. I'm pretty sure there's another clip. Good stuff. Always gets my heart going seeing people stand up to tyranny.
Hey. I like that. Oh man, that was a pretty popping beat. Man, shoot, a protest were like this whenever I was a kid, man. I'd yeah, I wouldn't be here. Let me tell you. Anyway, Bill Gates says outrage towards his vaccine efforts is kind of weird. So you've got people literally having parties in the middle of the street trying to stop this guy from being a creep, trying to have access to your body. And he says, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that people don't want to let me inside them. No, Bill Gates, what's kind of weird is the fact that you think people should. Check this out. Here are... people at his most recent TED talk. They were shouting, arrest Bill Gates. <laughs> Good stuff. comes from Nima Harris of News Punch. They put this up April 13th. It says Bill Gates addressed what he called crazy anti-vaccine activists and conspiracy theories regarding the COVID jabs during a recent speech in Canada. As protesters gathered outside the event, the billionaire said that the outrage toward his vaccine work was, quote, kind of weird because his efforts had, quote, saved tens of billions of lives. RT reports that after delivering a talk on how to stop the next health crisis at TED 2022, conference in Vancouver on Tuesday, Gates addressed critics demonstrating at the venue saying that the protest was, quote, somewhat ironic. Quote, the Gates Foundation is very involved in vaccines, the invention of new vaccines, funding vaccines, he said, according to the insider, arguing that his organization had, quote, saved tens of millions of lives. Quote, so it's somewhat ironic to have somebody turn around and say we're using vaccines to kill people or to make money or what or we started the COVID-19 pandemic. Gates continued. <laughs> oh, man, it's so funny because he did all those things and he's a liar and uh, he's just trying to cast a spell on people through deception. You know, anyway, it says that a Web page for the TED conference noted that Gates would discuss, quote, what it's been like to become the subject of conspiracy theories as the billionaire is at the center of a number of novel claims linked to the vaccines and the coronavirus outbreak. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and stop there. You guys get the point. He thinks uh, he thinks us speaking truth is funny. He thinks it's silly. He thinks people wising up to him trying to poison them and things of this nature. He thinks that's funny. Don't you think it's kind of weird that people caught on to me? It's kind of crazy too, man. This guy's crazy. And he's crazy because he thinks that we're not crazy because we see what he's doing. Let's move on. Check this out. Scientist warns COVID gene therapies are triggering deadly AIDS-like syndrome. There's a clip here. I'm trying to see if I can find the clip for you guys before we read this article. I know there is. Because, uh, well, we put it there. I know this clip is there and I want to get it on record so you guys hear somebody else describe to you 
what's going on with these vaccines, why it's so deadly. And again, like I, I have missed out on being able to put certain content in here just for the sake of time to spare us all time. Like the amount of information that's coming out with the vaccines is, 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 is kind of staggering if you want the truth. So for Bill Gates to come out and say something like that, he knows that he's been caught. The same way that Fauci has, he knows that he's been caught. He's got to come out and admit the truth, right? These people, they know what they've done. So they've got to massage the narrative. They've got to massage the truth. And keep you in a state of delusion. So unfortunately, we are having a hard time finding that clip. I'm just going to go ahead and read this article. Then we'll play the other clip of Dr. Peter McCullough talking about how the COVID vaccines have killed more people, more Americans than World War I. Uh, but again, this comes from News Punch. They put this up April 11th. Scientists warn COVID gene therapies are triggering deadly AIDS-like syndrome. It says, we now live in a world where the hidden and often fatal 1,291 adverse effects, according to a Pfizer document, are beginning to manifest in the jabbed individuals. For example, according to the Gateway Pundit, Quote, an eight-year-old boy from Bangara, Peru, was diagnosed with Stevens-Johnson syndrome days after receiving his second dose of Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. Richard Jefferson Bustamante Batista suffered a horrific adverse reaction reportedly due to the Pfizer vaccine. Days after receiving his second dose, he developed, quote, Stevens-Johnson syndromes. Quote, Stevens-Johnson syndrome is a rare serious disorder of the skin and mucous membranes. It's usually a reaction to medication that starts with flu-like symptoms, followed by a painful rash that spreads and blisters, per Mayo Clinic. Infowars.com reports that as and as unacceptable Jessica writing for Substack points out, one of the subjects of excess deaths enters Edward Dowd. He is an interesting fellow. He is was a portfolio manager. Again, I've got a I've got to find this clip. I have got to find this clip. Give me one quick second, guys, because it's eating at me now. (laughs) I know that we can find this clip. AIDS-like syndrome. Or, yeah. Give Give me one quick second to find that. Oh, there's not an actual video. Oh, there's not a video. Okay. I'm just tripping. I put the wrong. I put the wrong thing there. Sorry about that. We'll we'll try to hurry up and get through this article then, so we can get to this next clip. Uh, on the subject of excess deaths of youths, enter Edward Dowd. He's an interesting fellow. He was a portfolio manager for the multinational investment firm BlackRock and a former analyst and Wall Street executive. We spoke at a meeting together not too long ago. He has more recently spoken about the young deaths in a very specific way, in the context of the Vietnam War. The millennials, about ages 25 to 40, experienced an 84 increase in excess mortality in the fall, he said, describing it as, quote, the worst ever excess mortality, I think, in history. It was the highest increase in excess deaths of any age group last year, seven times higher than the silent generation, those who were older than 85. And the increase coincided with the vaccine mandates and the approval of the booster shots, quote, Basically, millennials experienced a Vietnam War in the second half of 2021, Dow said, noting that 58,000 people died in the conflict. And 
as the latest in a thread of possibly possible celebrity injuries and casualties from the mRNA vaccine, 67-year-old Bruce Willis's recent announcement of aphasia ending his career has doctors immediately ruling out the vaccine as casual, regardless of, of the many COVID vaccine recipients reporting brain fog and a failure to concentrate after taking the vaccine. Meanwhile, Bavare's data shows 3,057 cases where aphasia is a symptom due to the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine injuries and deaths are mounting. There is no escape from the aftermath of the first phase of the Great Reset. Yeah, this is this is this is what I mean by this is just the opening salvo. We are just getting started. We are just getting started with all this stuff that's about to unfold. The poisoning of the water and everything else that's going on. We're still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Check this out. And so when I here's Dr. Peter McCullough saying that the COVID vaccines have now killed more Americans than World War I. I testified the U.S. Senate uh, in November of 2020, the minority witness who has now been named the White House new COVID coordinator, uh, a young uh, man from uh, the East Coast, he kept saying, Dr. McCullough, you don't have enough evidence to do this. And I was recovering from COVID myself. And I remember I was on the Senate floor. I held up my protocol. I said, listen, I'm not asking for permission. I said, I'm doing this. I said, I'm asking for your help because we need all doctors, all good doctors to step forward and start treating the illness in order to reduce the loss of life. In November 2020, my estimate is at that time, we could have saved 50% of the lives because it took a time to learn how to treat it. By March of 2021, I testified in the Texas and I said 85% of lives could have been saved. And then recently in January, just a few months ago, I upgraded, I said, now 95% of all the deaths could have been avoided and easily that of the hospitalizations. We're coming up on a million Americans losing their lives and probably 10 million hospitalizations. 95% of would be avoidable if leaders in Washington would have promoted constructive dialogue, brought in the experts, have the experts volunteer their time, I would have been glad to do so and help America and the world get through COVID-19. But they didn't because they liked the power that they were able to amass. They know what they're doing. And let's see. Let's see. Oh, wow. There's so much. Again, guys, there's so much information. It's like overwhelming. I wish I could. I wish I could effectively consolidate and break it down to you guys. How, how, how everything is. You know, I really do. You know, all cause mortality is a real issue. Like the the the, na- the numbers are staggering, right? You're taking people who are actuaries, accountants, you know, people who are seeing all this other type of data, and even they are beginning to worry. You know, insurance companies, you name it, man. People who are paying attention to that peripheral information, who see what's going down, they're freaking out. You know. And being in this position where, again, this is above my pay grade, I'm just trying to distill what I can catch and and, and tell you guys, hey, there's some pretty jaw-dropping stuff taking place. Uh, look at this right here. Will everyone who got, quote, vaccinated for COVID be dead by 2025? This is an article by Ethan Huth of Natural News. They put this up April 7th. Now, I, I one of the reasons why sometimes I don't, and I know this is going to sound bad, one of the reasons why I sometimes don't like 
reposting a lot of stuff from Natural News is because it's a little over the top. And I don't mean over the top. I mean, I guess what I mean by like over the top is I mean spot on. Spot on. This is very dangerous. Uh, Whatever I talked about, a fair amount of the population being set on an irreversible death clock brought by the vaccine. It was information that came from Mike Adams of Natural News. For him to pose this type of question is very, very dangerous and not, not, not dangerous, but worrisome. Right. Because, again, the life expectancy of people who suffer from myocarditis is about five years. So let's 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 read this article and then we'll we'll, we'll kind of go from there. But again, will everyone who got vaccinated for COVID be dead by 2025? It says that. Uh, cool, there's a clip. Attorney Todd Callender, CEO of a large insurance group, is warning that excess mortality and, quote, every kind of disease is skyrocketing among the, quote, fully vaccinated from the COVID from the Wuhan coronavirus. Callender spoke via a video call about how excess mortality is up 84 percent while excess diseases are up, get this, 1100 percent in 2022 alone. He said his company is now expecting a 5000 percent increase in deaths complements of Operation Warp Speed. Quote, I happen to be in the morbidity business, Calendar explained during the call. Quote, I don't think it's by coincidence, by the way, that Moderna has just now received licensure of their emergency use authorization HIV vaccine. So they gave everybody AIDS and here's your salvation, another vaccine. Here's Todd Calendar uh, expressing the uh, explaining the AIDS excess mortality. What um is particularly alarming, you know, in terms of all of these numbers, uh, excess mortality and morbidity, is that the the people that put these three HIV proteins into the shots um, disarmed people's natural immunity. They gave them vaccine-induced AIDS, and they didn't give them anything to reverse it. So now what you're seeing in terms of all-cause morbidity and mortality, the numbers that I got came out of the U.S. Department of Defense's own database called DMED. It's the Defense um, Medical Epidemiology Database. So, again, going back to my lawsuit against the DOD, I called several expert witnesses um, who testified in both our temporary restraining order and in our preliminary injunction, one of whom was uh, Dr. Teresa Long. You might have seen her. Um, and some notable other ones, including you know, Dr. McCullough. So, we have come to understand all this with a group of medical experts and scientists that have come to our aid uh, in understanding all of this. I and mean, everything that I'm telling you, I can back up with, um, with evidence. And I will be happy to do that. What is is almost more concerning, let's get, let me get back to that. So when you see a 1,100% increase in all-cause morbidity and mortality, that means something systemic has caused this problem. So you would see a natural, um, actually an abnormal increase in all-cause cancer, um, heart issues, inflammation issues, blood clotting. And, and I can actually send you what that looks like on a per-malady basis. When you see all of them arising to, to hundreds of percentiles in a class of people who are physically fit from 18 to 45, these are all military people, there is only one cause for that, and that is the destruction of their immune system. So that is the vaccine-induced 
autoimmune deficiency syndrome. We know this now. In fact, it's, it's in science all around, and the Israelis, uh, you know, they're ahead of everybody else. They, they already published papers on this. Everybody knows that. So the short, the short answer to this whole thing is that everybody that got the shots was given some form or level of AIDS, yeah. autoimmune deficiency syndrome. The ones that got the one shot, it seems that they have about 30% of their natural immunity uh, destroyed. By the time they get three shots, their all their natural immunity is completely gone. And we're seeing that with our doctors, experts that are testifying in their practices, including on base and off base um, doctors that are kind of the CS. The real epidemic is now. The yeah. I, I happen to be in the morbidity business. I'm the CEO of a large insurance group, and we underwrite morbidity risk, principally disability, accidents, sickness, and health. Based on what it is we are seeing. The, the rates right now, excess mortality, 84%, excess every kind of disease at 1,100%. We are expecting a 5,000 or so percent increase in excess mortality for this year. An enormous number. I don't think that it's by coincidence, by the way, that Moderna has now just received licensure of their emergency use authorization HIV vaccine. So they gave everybody AIDS, and now here's your, you know, here's your salvation as this vaccine, which seems to be a multiple dose vaccine. And I'm sure you're seeing those those commercials yourself. I don't I don't really know which company it is. I'll try to pay more attention so I can mention it for future transmissions. But I'm sure you're seeing those very same commercials for uh, HIV and AIDS medication because that's 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 what happened. They destroyed your immune system and now they're going to try to rebuild it. But what about the people that don't catch on? You know, I, I kind of want to get some of these numbers in here because Mike Adams always does a fantastic time. Break it. a fascinating job breaking this down. But there you have it. I mean, he's, he's literally telling you that we are expecting a 5000 percent increase in deaths. 5,000% increase. And I'm sure, again, you're seeing it in your own personal life. People around you that you love that took the shot, they're beginning to exhibit uh, just things that, behaviors that are uncharacteristic of them. I'll just leave it at that. You're beginning to see the, the vaccine take hold and beginning to see it take effect. And it will parabolically shoot up as things get progressively worse. And so if you love anyone you love, tell them not to get the shot. If they've had one or two, that's all right. Three, four, that's pushing it. Five, they're 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 dead. That's what Mike Adams means by they have been put on an irreversible death clock induced by the vaccine. Getting back into this, it says preliminarily a preliminary mortality data from the CDC from 2021 shows an un, shows an expected death count of two million, roughly three million. In actuality, there were roughly three point four million deaths, meaning there were roughly 500,000 excess deaths for the year. I'm rounding up, so I don't have to give this precise number. With a 5,000% increase in excess deaths in t- so far in 2022, calendar estimates that as many as 25 million jab people in the United States could die just this year alone. And the crazy part is you know they're not going to attribute any of that to the vaccine. Add that to the 2.95 million expected deaths and the result is 28 million total deaths for 2022, Hal Turner reported. Did the DOD know about ma- about future mass COVID jabs deaths back in 2015? 
at this rate, assuming it continues on the current trajectory, everyone who got injected with the Chinese flu will be dead by 2025. This will also forecast in the population reduction charts that have been posted at the Deagle website for many years. Before scrubbing the information, Deagle.com's forecast for the U.S. population in 2025 is 100 million fewer people. For Germany, during the same time period, there is expected to be 25 million fewer people. Quote, about one third of Germany's population will remain unvaxxed, Turner explained. Quote, today's population is 83 million, so Deagle's report may be quite accurate. Since Deagle has been around since 2015, the DOD guy who runs it appears to have known since at least that far back that there was going to be a, quote, pandemic and that many, if not all, of the people who got vaccinated for it will soon die. Quote, Deagle has always forecasted that at the year 2025, the numbers may have fluctuated, but the date never did. We also know that Big Pharma and the FDA have known for at least the past year and a half, and likely long before that, that the COVID-19, quote, vaccines damage the immune system and trigger antibody-dependent enhancement. In essence, the jab now have vaccine-induced AIDS and could succumb to a deadly cytokine storm at any moment. For some, this has already happened, and they are now chronically ill or deceased. For the rest, well, time will certainly tell what becomes of them. Quote, 15 fully vaccinated and boosted professional tennis players had to withdraw from the Miami Open this week because of chest pains, wrote a reader at Natural News. Quote, you draw your own conclusions. Quote, 99.9% of people do more research for a used car than any vaccine they take, wrote another. A pro-vaxxer is the most is most of the time someone who has done zero research. Then you guys get it from there. And then it can, it, uh, Includes the interview with Doctor Te- uh, with 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 Todd Callender, but a very very fascinating article. Will everyone who got the vac who got vaccinated for COVID nineteen be dead by twenty twenty five? And the last few articles I'm just going to close out with for this segment, guys. You know, again, as all this stuff is coming out, just to keep in the back of your head, you know, is there is there snake venom in the water? Are the vaccines killing people, right? Are people developing vaccine-induced AIDS? All this stuff is going on. Keep this in the back of your mind. Kind of pull up this article from Not the Beeb. Looks like we're having some issues. It was of a New Zealand scientist presenting nanotech evidence to the Kiwi police. More evidence of graphene oxide or other contents that shouldn't be there found in the vaccine. Looks like it's going to give us hassle. We're just going to move on. Check this out. Graphene is being transmitted from the vaccinated to the, to the non-vaccinated, destroying red blood cells and causing blood clots. This comes from the expose. They put this up April 14th. Now, <clears throat> this is the shedding. Again, we keep hearing more of this type of stuff taking place. Just last week, I talked about how even Pfizer came out saying, hey, don't come into contact with the vaccinated. And they they came up with a crazy scenario about how people could basically become infertile from coming into contact with people who are vaccinated. And that's what I'm telling you. When this truth comes out, people are going to flip and they're going to put these people in those internment camps. They are going to need to be isolated and contained. Studied thoroughly. Graphene is being transmitted from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated, 
destroying red blood cells and causing blood clots. Says in his latest set of slides of blood samples taken from both, quote, vaccinated and unvaccinated people, Dr. Felipe Van Welbergen demonstrated that the graphene being injected into people is organizing and going into larger fibers and structures, gaining magnetic properties or an electric charge, and the fibers are showing indications of a more complex structure with striations. He also demonstrated that, quote, shards of graphene are being transmitted from, quote, vaccinated to vaccine-free or unvaccinated people destroying their red blood cells and causing blood clots in the unvaccinated. Interesting. Dr. Felipe Van Welbergen, Dr. Felipe, medical director of biomedical clinics, was one of the first to warn the public of the damage being caused to people's blood by COVID injections by releasing images last year of blood samples under the microscope. At the beginning of July of 2021, Dr. Felipe was interviewed on a South African community channel, Loving Life TV. He explained that when his patients started complaining about chronic fatigue, dizziness, memory issues, even sometimes paralysis and late onset of heavy menstruation, he took blood samples. Their blood had unusual tube-like structures, some particles which lit up, and many damaged cells. Few healthy cells were visible. Until three months earlier, he had never seen these formations in blood. We now know that these tube-like structures are graphene. Since then, Dr. Felipe has been a regular guest on Loving Life TV, blowing the whistle on the experimental COVID injection rollout, providing updates on the increasing damage being done to the blood by the experimental COVID injections over time, and giving updates on the COVID situation in the UK and South Africa. On the 12th of February in 2022, Dr. Felipe returned again to Loving Life TV to release images of his latest slides of blood samples. The live stream was lengthy, so Loving Life TV separated into two parts. Part one is the discussion including answers to the audience's questions, and in part two, Dr. Felipe presents images of his latest blood slides and explains what the images are showing. He discusses nearly 100 blood slides from both, quote, vaccinated and vaccine-free patients. His slides show that the vaccine-free patients have been, quote, infected with vaccine toxins through shedding. And I think uh, right here is a is a clear right above that cell. Yeah. What about again? This one? Yeah. Look at it. That was a very different patient. Uh, that was an unvaccinated patient. Look what's happening inside that thing. But again, look at what it is doing. Yeah. And as I said. These are a number of patients, but they responded, or the graphene inside them responded to the same trigger, wherever the trigger came from, whatever it is. I don't even know if it was built in, if right. it was programmed into these things. I have no idea. Now, what, the heck not is, what, what is that? That is graphene, what you're looking at. Is this a blood slide? Yes. Where's the blood? But uh, that that is a different contrast to make it more visible. Ah, right. Wow. That is inside a child. Oh no, a, an unvaccinated child. Yes. So no this children. Is, have, this is shedding. Yes. No. No children have been vaccinated. What you see here, not one. Ditto. That was the sister. Also shedding. Yeah. And these are little bits of graphene here. Oh, this is awful. Yep. Absolutely awful. Uh, you know, this is why the other day you heard me say that uh, 
I'm not for masking. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see them reducing the masks and things like this. But I'm for masking for, for vaccinated individuals because they're spreading this type of stuff. And they don't know it. Last year, when we talked about them turning us into bioweapons manufacturing facilities, this is what they were doing. When they injected people with this type of chemical concoction, they inadvertently or advertently, purposely, turned people into bioweapons manufacturing facilities. This is the type of stuff we're talking about. This is why I'm saying they have poisoned the global blood supply. That's why this is such a massive issue in more ways than one. Again, I'm, I'm all for people breathing air because it's fresh and free. But we need to have a serious discussion about what the heck is in the contents of the vaccine. Japan knows there's something there. Moderna knows there's something there. Many other scientists and researchers around the entire world know that something's there. The only ones that don't are us that are playing this stupid game. That's very, very shady to me. And now, what? Like I said, we haven't talked anything at all about the Watch the Waters documentary by Stephen, by Stu Peters and Dr. Brian Artis. Now we're hearing more information about this. So you're just living through one of the craziest experiments ever conducted on, 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 on humanity. We thought MKUltra was bad. We thought fluoride in the water was bad. We thought chemtrails were bad. Shucks, we even thought Roundup and glyphosate were bad. No, what you're experiencing right now is the craziest thing ever. So when you hear me saying stuff like remain pure-blooded, I hope you hear me say that. It's a real thing. We're, we, we need to detox in more ways than one. We need to detach from the system. We need to detox in more ways than one. Like it's, it is all-encompassing. And that's why we have to follow this trail. That's why we have to be truthful. That's why we have to go down these rabbit holes. Graphene is being transmitted from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated, destroying red blood cells and causing blood clots. Again, like I said before, I'm sure you have seen people around you suffer from what can only be described as accelerated aging. Or you yourself may have noticed that something different is about you if you hang around a whole bunch of vaccinated people because they have turned those that have taken the vaccine into bioweapons manufacturing facilities. They are shedding the actual virus now. That's what Dr. Peter McCullough said. Now is the actual pandemic, right? Y'all could have survived COVID, but what they did to us now and these other strains that they're releasing to people who are weak, and I mean people with weak immune systems, like I'll put it to you this way, man. Like I, <laughs> I, my baby girl had a uh, had a play date earlier this week, and you know I hate to sound like like a, hypoch- a hypochondriac after what we just went through over the past two years, but my baby girl, you know, she had a play date earlier this week, two of them. Now that I think about it, and the first play date, you know, I I got to be honest with you, you know, the kid was vaccinated, or the mother the mother was vaccinated. Uh, the kid, he's not looking too bright or well, I'll just leave it at that. And, uh, you know, the mother let us know after the fact that she had been hanging out with another mother that uh, had group. And we heard that, you know, before that, the same kid had whooping cough. And, you know, a little 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 fun fact for you guys. We, these were the same police officers, right, that got me sick right around Christmas. And so what I'm basically saying is since Christmas to now. They have still been sick. And then when this family, when this family friend went to hang out with this, with, with them, 
she got her kid sick and then brought that sick kid around my sick kid. Thankfully, my kid didn't get, didn't stay sick. She had a little bit of a cough. But I hope you get the point I'm trying to make. Since December, these people have been chronically ill and their child has been chronically ill. And they're spreading and shedding that. Things are getting crazy out there, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I'm saying. But here's what's going to happen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to you about even more of this craziness. Members of Congress are now using words like famine and starvation to describe what's coming. We also have a national baby formula shortage occurring. That's right. And Chipotle is set to debut chip-making robots to mitigate the labor shortage. We're talking about our programmable future on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, half of this government, are actually young noble leaders of the world. We penetrate the cabinets. The change is not just happening. The change can be shaped by us. We have to prepare for a more angry world. How to prepare? Take the necessary action to create a fairer world. I see the need for a great reset. So people assume we are just going back to the good old world which we had and everything will be normal again. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. There is only one way this pandemic is going to go. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. The next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner and it is the climate crisis. forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze, we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. It calls to us, calls us back. Back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course, not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first, the places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it, the place we've been trying to get back to, Safe at last, we've found our way home.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome back. You know, we we have been in this for so many years. I feel like I'm punch drunk, man. You know, I, I really do. I really do. I think about how many people I've known who have come and gone. I think about what we've done. I think about what I'm trying to do, about what what, what we're going to have to do. I think about it all, man. And I think I am truly punch drunk uh, by everything that's going on. Like I said before at the start of the show, this is above my pay grade. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to keep trying. I, I, I may only understand a sliver of it, but I'm going to kind of, I'm going to try to keep understanding more. You know, things are crazy, man. Truly, things are crazy. And yeah, I'm only able to use this format as a snapshot to chronicle all the insanity. Uh, and it's more than these articles can even do justice. This is what's just happening on the surface level. Like if you just get me sitting down with like a cold beer at the end of the day, I will break down to you what is taking place in this world so-called matrix reality of ours. I can do that. But in this current configuration, I cannot do that with 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 what we have right now, the tools that are at disposal, right? The articles, the videos, and things like this. I'm only able to show you so much. And you and you really have to take this even as a grain of salt and go 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 even deeper. This isn't woke stuff. You know, this isn't this this shouldn't count as truth seeking. If anything, this is just covering the news. The truth seeking, doing the work, that's something that takes place off the air. That's something that takes place when you have the time. And you would be surprised uh, what I do whenever I'm not doing this, man. And that's that's what I'm trying to figure out. That's my great struggle. Because we're going to be talking about our programmable future, how these people are trying to hack us and you know do all this other, all this other stuff. And you've heard me talk about it in the past. The necessity for creativity to con to combat this conformity, this all encompassing conformity, this 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 robbing of our individuality, of our uniqueness, of our divinity. It's real. You you we we literally have our adversary trying to rob us of our soul, trying to steal our hearts, our minds, our souls, our will, everything, and use it against us. How crazy is that? Like that's 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 legit where you are. You have Satan and his legion of demons working actively to try to rob you of rob you of yourself, to hollow you out, to make you an automaton for the for for the Antichrist. I know that sounds crazy, but dude, truth is stranger than fiction, my friends. We if you think if you think that sounds wild, imagine all the other mysteries in the world that we can't even comprehend, that we can't even perceive. That's where we are right now. Uh, just before coming onto the air, we put up an article from Archbishop Carlo Vigiano. You know, that guy that keeps popping up talking about how this is a satanic takeover of our mind, body, souls, governments, and institutions. Yeah, that guy. Archbishop Carlo Vigiano came out saying that again. Warning of this. Because this is not a joke. Where we are at in the stage of all of this, the fact that they can get on the world stage and talk about taking over governments, capturing politicians like Justin Trudeau, 
And then taking it a step even further, saying, you know what? We need to surveil what's going on inside of your mind. We need to feel, we need to see your reactions whenever we speak. Think about the absolute control and totalitarianism behind that. But this is the end times, a new world order, beast system that these people are trying to create. So of course we have to detach. Of course we have to divest. Of course we have to pull away from them in every way, shape, and form that we can. And it starts with this. It starts by being aware of the depths of the problem. The depths of how deep they have dug their claws inside of us. You know, it's like, it's like I hear people, because I'm black, right? I hear people say sometimes like, oh, you know, white supremacy, but I'm a black dude. And they say, oh, well, you know, you could still be a victim of white supremacy mentally and not even know it. Okay, I hear, I, I, I hear, I hear you. You can still be a victim of the devil and not even know it. You see how that works? So I'm, I'm, I'm ranting, I'm pontificating, I'm going off on a jag. Let me start this segment off with a little bit of a doom break. I don't really know if you call it a doom break, but here is Saudi TV mocking Joe Biden and the First Lady Kamala Harris. Thank you very much. Today, we're going to talk about the crisis in Spain. Yeah, we're going to talk about the crisis in Africa. Yeah, Russia. Yeah, Russia. And I want to talk about the president of Russia, yeah, Putin. Yeah, Putin. Putin, listen to me. I have a very important message to you. The message is... And the president of China... Oh, I didn't finish Russia. Thank you to correct me, First Lady. Thank you very much. God bless you. And God bless... Thank you all. Hallelujah. Clap to your president. Clap to your president right now. Huh. I tell you, the, the, the Saudis, they, they definitely have some very interesting uh, co- uh, <laughs> comedy. But basically, they just have a sleepy Joe Biden walking around, being confused. And I'm not sure if they have Kamala Harris like as a man or... Or what's going on? I don't. I don't know what's going on, uh, but you know, it's just Saudi Arabia clowning on us on the world stage. North Korea came out and clowned on us as well. You know, while this is funny on one level, it's actually sad too, because again, it just shows that our adversaries no longer respect us. They no longer fear us. And if they don't fear us, how far off are we from? being attacked by them because they don't see us as a threat. Right? So while it's funny, on one hand, I'm worried about what this means on the global stage. And I get get it, you know, we know that people don't respect Joe Biden, but at a deeper level, that also means they don't respect America, which is why you have situations like this. Check this out. First bus of illegal immigrants from Texas dropped off blocks away from the U.S. Capitol. I wonder if anybody's screaming insurrection. 
ride to Washington. But that's it. Okay. As uh, people hop off, we believe on Capitol Hill. Yeah, this Man. is a great feeling. I mean, I don't love the fact that there's a whole bunch of people waiting to get, get uh, admission into our country the right way. And because of the spat between the governor and the president, we're getting a whole bunch of people who just got a free bus ride right to Washington, D.C. in a beautiful spring day. So what lesson is that if you're watching in Mexico, Central America, Russia, Ukraine? Uh, don't even go through our system. This is how you get here. Seems like fun. So if you're just joining us, we've been talking all week about how the governor of Texas said, I've got all these buses and I, we can't handle all these illegal immigrants. So we are going to offer them free rides to D.C. if they want to get on one of these buses and join their family or go into D.C. and not stay in Texas. This is the first bus that we have seen that roll that is rolling into Washington as we speak. We got word this is a Fox News exclusive. Our reporter, Bill Malugin, um, has a source that is giving him this information. He's a great one. Want to get on one. Hold up real quick. They're over here giving handshakes and hugs to these immigrants, to these migrants as they get here. And this dude just threw up like a peace sign and then fell. Let's let's say that. Let's do that one more time. One of these buses and join their family or go into D.C. and not stay in Texas. This is the first bus the that we have seen that roll that is There's rolling into Washington as we speak. We got word. This is a Fox News exclusive. Our reporter, Bill Malugin, um, has oh, a source that oh, is giving oh. him this information. He's a great reporter and, and told us to have our cameras there. And we did. So we're getting this exclusive video right now of these illegal immigrants that are wow. now going to be living in the Washington, D.C. Right. We're going to be paying wow. for And I'm sure Joe Biden hopes they become his voters. Well, there you go. Wow. Absolutely crazy. You know, there's another article over there that we had posted on our Telegram feed of how in California they're expecting to turn right here. California wants to make non-citizens as police officers. So let's see if we can just, we'll play this clip in the background. Get some B-roll while we read that article. Can you imagine being policed like in, like think about this. Wouldn't this make you... I don't know. How do you, how, like, how, this, this is crazy, right? Could you imagine being policed in your childhood neighborhood by like immigrants? It says the new bill introduced by Democrat Senator Nancy Skinner wants to make non-citizens living in California police officers and doesn't show a distinction between legal and illegal immigrants. Non-citizens will be able to become police officers in the state of California, California under a new Bill, according to the bill, quote, existing law with certain exemptions prohibits a person who is not a citizen of the United States from being appointed as a member of the California Highway Patrol. This bill would remove that prohibition and would make conforming changes. SB 960, introduced by Democrat Senator Nancy Skinner, would repeal the requirement that a person be a citizen or a permanent resident of the United States to work as a police officer. There is no distinction made in the bill between legal and illegal immigration. The bill was previously passed with four yeses and one no at the end of March. Senators Stephen Bradford and Sidney Kalmager and Scott Weiner, all Democrats as well as Skinner, voted in favor of the bill. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, I'm, I'm showing you busloads of immigrants being dropped off in our nation's capital where they declared Americans, domestic terrorists, racists, insurrectionists, extremists, and all kinds of other ists, where illegal immigrants can come in and get handshakes and hugs. How crazy is that? And as the reporter said here on Fox and Friends, or Fox News, this is the permanent voting block. 
This is why you see them trying to actively do away with the conservative and the Republican Party. And then they're importing the new voting class that's going to vote Democrat forever. They're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. And by the time they wake up to what's going on, Republicans, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists are going to be such a marginalized population that they're not really going to be effective anymore. And that's exactly what they want. They are literally bussing in your replacements and giving them handshakes, hugs, high fives, preloaded debit cards. And that's exactly what they want. They don't want you to own anything. They want you to be that uh, transient, right? They, they, they don't want you to have roots. They want you to be able to just pick yourself up, throw yourself inside of your bag, get your, get your, get your social credit good boy points, and then just be able to move. I know that sounds crazy, but when they say you will own nothing and you will be happy, do you think that lady's happy? She just got here to America. Do you think she owns anything? You tell me. Moving forward, White House expects inflation to be extraordinarily elevated in March report. An article by Colin McHugh of National File, they put this up April 11th. It says the Biden administration painted a bleak outlook for Tuesday's much anticipated consumer inflation report. The administration expects inflation to stay, quote, extraordinarily elevated over the next few weeks and months, largely due to soaring energy costs. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki placed the blame primarily on Vladimir Putin. Psaki said Monday that the Labor Department's previous report which showed prices rising at an already dramatic rate in February, failed to include the majority of the jump in oil and gas costs caused by the conflict in Ukraine. Energy prices were already increasing, but have skyrocketed past record highs as the conflict continues. The U.S. and its European allies have placed crippling sanctions on Kremlin oil that are causing domestic energy prices to spike. Quote, we expect the March CPI headline, Inflation, to be extraordinarily elevated due to Putin's price hike, Saki told reporters. We expect a large difference between core and headline inflation, she continued, quote, reflecting the global disru- disruptions in energy and food markets. It's crazy because they definitely said, at first they said, oh, you know, inflation's not real. That's just a conspiracy theory from, you know, conservatives and Republicans to them saying, oh, well, inflation might be a little real. And then they said, oh, inflation is transitory. It's going to pass. And now they're saying inflation is going to be extraordinarily elevated. They're saying, too, that we are going to see uh, highs, 40-year highs, with some of this extraordinarily elevated inflation. And you're seeing it already. The cost of everything going up, and it's only going to go up even more. We're being brought to heel. This is how you deindustrialize a nation. This is how you destroy it from the inside out. Check this out. Members of Congress are now using words like, quote, famine and, quote, starvation to describe what's coming. Well, you know what I have to do before I read this article? I have to pitch. My Patriot Supply Storable Goods. And you know, I gotta—I have to say this because even though you guys hear me wavering, I, I just got to shoot you straight. It's going to, I have to look after my family. I love you guys till the ends of the earth, even though I have never met you. But when it, when it boils down to it, 
at the end of the day, I have to look out for what's best for my family. And what I'm about to say to you is probably one of the most truest things I can ever say. If this operation does not become beneficial very quickly, we will, I, I have to walk away. That baby girl that I was talking about, the one that got around those other two kids that was sick and whatnot, this, it, it's about her, all right? This right here, what I'm doing, taking the time out of my life to present this information, that's a, that's a, that's a personal thing, right? That's a personal thing because I'm trying to look out for everybody else. I don't got to do this. Technically, I shouldn't even be doing this. Technically, I should be taking all this information and time and energy and essence that I'm putting into this and putting it back into my family. That's what I'm trying to figure out how to tell you guys because of what we're about to get into here with famine and starvation. The show is not paying the bills. We, Like I said, we, we, we passed a year last week of losing the page. I'm having to beg you guys to become exclusive members. I'm literally having to drift into a completely different space to pay the bills. I'm getting into the NFT and the crypto stuff. It's super cool. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This does not pay the bills. Being a revolutionary and an activist and a podcastivist does not pay the bills. And when it comes down to it, I have to choose my family. I have to go where the money goes because I have to feed the family. I would like for you guys to help feed the family, help keep some of the lights on, help some of this research go down. I cannot rely on that though, especially given the nature of everything that we discuss. So when I'm saying, please think about becoming a Patreon exclusive member, uh, shucks, that's not even real anymore. Can't do that. When I'm saying become an exclusive member through coffee.com, this is somewhat what I'm saying. Help keep the lights on. We, I'll be honest with you. We have six exclusive members. Three or four that are continual donators. I'm going to... I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm probably going to have to do like an audit and a review right around like July or June. And I'm going to have to make a decision of uh, where we're going to go and what I'm going to do. Cause I'm, I'm doing so much that I shouldn't be doing so much. And I know that. And some of and, and, and I probably should have just said this in a whole separate transmission. I think I'm looking at this and this is me saying like, look, the, the, the my Patriot supply things, not working the podcasts, you know, that's, that's drained. You're not really, you know, fighting for social media, anything anymore. This is me saying that we're being drained. We're, we're, we're doing this by the skin of our teeth. We are for real, a shoestring and bubblegum type operation at this point of our life. And I am being presented with the choice of either giving up and going to go do something else or doubling down and making this work. And the sad truth is, is it's looking like I'm just going to have to say, you know, Give up, go do something else. And that doesn't bring me any joy. And so I'm, I don't want to say I'm desperate that you guys support us, but at the same time, I have to go where the data and the information goes. That support has not been there. We've been deplatformed a year ago. We have not been able to recoup our losses. We are kind of operating, you know, in the negative. And at a certain level, I'm doing this when I really shouldn't be. And that's real, man. Like, I love you guys. I love doing this. But I also love my baby girl. And I also love my wife. And I also love my life. And I also love being a part of the future and being able to do more influential things. This in the current configuration does not let me do this. And so I know I'm I know it seems like I'm rambling, 
I know you're wondering how we got here in this part of the conversation, but when you have members of Congress using words like famine and starvation to describe what's coming, I can't sit here at this post and just wait for you guys to, 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 to support us. I know a fair amount of the people that do listen can't are, are having a hard time supporting themselves as is. And so I can't put that on you guys, knowing full well what's coming. But at the same time, this is me saying, knowing full well what's coming, I can't stay here. That it is unsafe in this position to continue to do so. And to ensure the longevity and the future of my daughter, I can't, I, I can't do this in this current configuration, man. If it really messes with me. And yeah, we get a couple of support. We get a little bit of support every now and then. I gotta cry like a bitch to get it, but that's not how any of this should be working. And so, you know, like I said, we're 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 gonna do an audit around like the uh, around June or July, and and we'll 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 go from there. You know, we're we're just gonna go from there. But let me go ahead and get into this this article so we can get back on the flow of things. Members of Congress are now using words like famine and starvation to describe what's coming. An article by Michael Snyder, they put this up April 7th over their NLQ report. He says that I have so much information to share with you today, and I will do my best to be brief, but be warned that this article is going to be much longer than usual. Global events are moving so quickly now, and I believe that they are going to be move even more rapidly in the months ahead. Sadly, the changes that we are witnessing will have a very real impact on the daily lives of every man, woman, and child on this entire planet. As I discussed yesterday, a global food shortage has arrived. In fact, members of Congress are now using words like, quote, famine and starvation to describe what conditions will soon be all over the world. For example, for example, U.S. Senator John Johnny Ernst just told Fox Business that our planet is facing, quote, impending famine. About 40 to 45 percent of production of the U- in Ukraine will be deceased this year because of the war and the scarcity of supplies that go into the planting season. And we know that Ukraine also supports about 400 million people around the world with its food products. So we do see that we have an impending famine. And I've heard of I've heard from David Bleasley at the World Food Bank that he's now going to have to take from the hungry to feed the starving. U.S. Senator Cory Booker has previously warned that we could see soon see tens of millions of Americans dying of starvation. Quote, Democrats and Republicans in Congress need to quickly come together and approve emergency global food aid in order to prevent tens of millions of people, including millions of children, from from dying of starvation. Jeez. And they aren't exaggerating. Even Joe Biden recently admitted that food shortages are going to be very real. The one thing that could provide a ray of hope would be to end the war in Ukraine. But it appears that that isn't going to happen anytime soon. In an interview with Fox News on Friday, Vladimir Zelensky stated that his nation will not accept anything less than, quote, victory in the war. Good luck with that. Now that the Russians have pulled their forces away from Kiev to focus on the Eastern Front, there's a lot less pressure on Zelensky to compromise on a peace deal. And the fact that this conflict has made him one of the biggest celebrities on the entire planet actually gives him an incentive to keep it going. Meanwhile, millions upon millions of people are already deeply suffering. In Somalia, we are being warned that an, quote, impending famine is at the door. Says that what we are now seeing is impending famine similar to that which occurred in 2010 to 2011, in which more than a quarter of a million people died, including 133,000 children under the age of five. Although some donors have committed to fund Somalia's humanitarian response plan, which seeks one $0.5 billion, 
not even 4% of funding required to meet Somalia's humanitarian needs have been allocated. Like the novel coronavirus, which had impacted many of Somalia's Somali households, the Ukraine crisis has driven inflation and rising costs in Somalia, particularly for food and energy, at a time when families are already increasingly desperate. The reason why the situation in Somalia has become so desperate is because that the nation normally gets more than 90% of its wheat from either Russia or Ukraine. Oh, jeez, man. It says, meanwhile, the food crisis in Yemen just continues to escalate. One man that was recently interviewed admitted that he and his family, quote, live like ants. Experts are warning that food warning that the world faces a historic famine. The war in Ukraine is only one of the major problems plaguing the global distribution of food. In Yemen, Ghalib al-Nahir skips meals so that his children can have enough food. He says he and his family, quote, live like ants or fish. We eat what we can find. In Peru, rapidly rising prices for fuel and food have sparked massive nationwide protests. An ongoing wave of violent protests in Peru shows how the Russian invasion of Ukraine is affecting markets around the world, sparking unrest and deepening political divides. Rising fuel costs originally triggered the protests, which started last week, but quickly intensified into large anti-government demonstrations with marches and road blockades. So far, at least six people have died in the chaos, and protesters continue to block at least nine major roads. In Afghanistan, it is being estimated that 95% of the entire population does not have enough food to eat right now. It says that Afghanistan has faced grave hunger crisis before. Two decades ago, people in the country were so hungry, they resorted to eating wild grass. But the situation in the country now is unprecedented, unprecedented. Exacerbated by an unusually cold winter and the worst drought in decades, the economic unheaval that came with the Taliban takeover has left 95% of Afghans without enough food to eat. Goes on to say that we haven't seen anything like this in a really long time. Overall, the World Food Program is warning us that, quote, 285 million people face starvation. And it goes on and on and on. And, you know, I had somebody the other day say, no, these these prices at my Patriot Supply, they're out of whack, yo. Like these prices, they're trying to price gouge. And, you know, I didn't respond. I didn't respond because here we are two years later. I've, I've sat here for two for the better part of two years plus saying get storable goods, get storable goods, get storable goods. And the time that somebody decides to get storable goods is at a time of record high inflation. They're not price gouging you. You didn't listen to the warning signs. And so I'll say it again. You need to get storable goods while you can. You need to get today's tastes at today's rates. Because the supply chain is breaking down. Food is, 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 it will become scarce. Prices will skyrocket. I will not be here on the air to remind you to do this stuff. Your mom and dad are not going to do this for you. Your grandparents are not going to do this. This is not your daddy's inflation. Right? We are going into some really, really hard times, bro. Really, really crazy, crazy times. You want to worry about price gouging? You need to get secured. Look at this, because I got to move on. Like I got, I, I, I legit 
had to bite my tongue when homie said, these guys are price gouging. I don't know what to tell you then. These guys have at least 20 years worth of history building a storable goods business. And at a time when you're hearing about record, record inflation, shortages, supply chain disruption, you want to say, oh, they're price gouging? Where have you been? And that's what I'm saying. I don't, I, I, I'm at a point now where I'm frustrated. I'm sitting here trying to wake people up when, oh, well, I'll do it when it's convenient. Oh, you know, it's, it doesn't really work for me right now. What? I like have to, I have to convince people <laughs> to take care of themselves. I have to convince people. And that's what I'm saying. I see the action. I, I see the data. I see the analytics. I see the insights. I see the click rates. I see the conversions. I know what people are getting. And so that's what I'm saying. You know, hey, get storable goods while you can, because it's not going to be there forever. People just think that we're supposed to go through stuff all hunky-dory. Uh-uh. They're shutting the power down. They're shutting everything off. And they have a plan for it as well. Look at this. National baby formula shortages forces rationing at major retail chains. Inflation continues to put a dent in the wallets of millions of Americans. Experts say those grocery prices are only going to keep rising. The U.S. Department of Agriculture predicts between a 3 and 4% hike by the end of this year. That's in addition to already inflated prices, which are close to 8% higher from February of last year. The price of meat and eggs up 13%. Fruit is up more than 10%. The inflation all a result of supply chain issues, consumer demand, and worker shortages. Also, baby formula, hard to find recently. According to Data Assembly, which gathers information on supplies, nearly 30% of popular baby formula is sold out right now. The shortages have forced some retail chains to ration their supplies, limiting customers to three bottles per transaction. Experts say manufacturers are now ramping up production, but it could take a couple weeks to catch up. And former President Donald Trump has given his endorsement to the Pennsylvania Senate GOP primary. That's Dr. Mehmet Oz. You may recognize his name. He's the popular daytime TV show host. Uh, he's been in a crowded primary field for the nomination for U.S. Senate. Several candidates were jockeying for Trump's endorsement. Trump issued his statement just before hitting the stage in North Carolina. And several polls still show David McCormick with a slight lead there in Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah. Uh, all we really needed to hear about was the baby formula shortages. That's the real issue here. Uh, and again... Until I start to hear any of these politicians actually speak on issues like that that are important, I don't hear them. You know, we need to start seeing some action because things are really starting to hit the fan. Check this out. The Earth only has a three-month supply of food. If production stops, humanity has nothing to eat in 90 days. So I only have a two-year supply of storable goods, and that is not enough. Because, you know, you could go through that two-year supply very quickly just having your diet, like, adjust to your your, your, your new situation. And are you going to be able to carry that two years worth of food? Like, I'm really starting to look at my situation much differently. And uh, broadcasting it week after week is definitely not beneficial. That's all I'm saying. Uh, the Earth only has a three-month supply of food. If production stops, humanity has nothing to eat in 90 days. Now... Keep this in mind because, you know, I think about 
if you want the truth, I think about the dehumanization and the depopulation and the COVID vaccine when I when I see this, because I think about how many people who, who have been victimized by the vaccine who are being kept alive by pharmaceuticals right now. I'll say that one more time. I think about all the people who have been victimized by the vaccine and have been able to recover who are barely being kept alive by pharmaceuticals and other drugs. What happens if they don't get those supplies of drugs? That's going to be a slow and agonizing death. And that's what's coming around the corner for sure. Especially with all the supply chain disruption, things like this and more. So when you're talking about shortages of medical supplies, shortages of food, you're basically talking about the quality of life deteriorating. That's what I'm saying, dehumanization, which will lead to depopulation. And that's exactly what they want. This is, again, another fairly lengthy article by Michael Snyder of the Most Important News blog. I only want a little, I only want to get a little taste of it here on the record just so we can talk about this. Again, why it's important, because I'm not going, they put this up April 10th. I'm not going out of my way to try to find articles to say, hey, you know, they only have three months of storable supplies of food. You should get some more. I'm not pulling these articles out of nowhere. These are, these are, this is what's happening right now. They're talking about famages. They're talking about shortages. They're talking about starvation. They're talking about it. And that's even more dangerous. Just last week, we talked about how Joe Biden wanted to get inside of, uh, uh, wanted to start getting involved in food production and food management, which is the worst thing that that guy could do. But this is all being done by design. That's why Bill Gates is one of the largest buyers of farmland in America right now. That's why they're putting uh, uh, promoting plant-based diets, vegan diets and things like this and more. Let me read a little bit of this just so we can get it on record. Again, this is by Michael Snyder of The Most Important News. They put this up April 10th. He says that we are far closer to a potential global cataclysm than most people would dare to imagine. Right now, leaders from all across the political spectrum are openly warning us that a worldwide food crisis is coming. But when people in the Western world hear of such warnings, most of them assume that it will just be something that affects poor people in Africa or Asia. Unfortunately, that will not be the case this time around. We truly are in unprecedented territory, and we are think and we are going to see things happen in the months ahead that once would have been absolutely unthinkable. Global hunger has already been steadily rising for the past couple years due to the COVID pandemic, and now a confluence of events here in 2022 threatens to create a true global nightmare. At this moment, we are still eating food that we have previously grown but it is food that will not be grown in the months ahead that will be the real problem. Because the truth is, we do not have much of a buffer to work with at all. David Freiberg is an early, quote, Google executive who started the farming insurance company Climate Corporation, and he just and he just told the All In podcast that the Earth operates, quote, on a 90-day food supply, saying, quote, the whole planet Earth operates on a 90-day food supply. That means once we stop making food, humans run out of food in 90 days. It is estimated that approximately 7.9 billion people currently live on the planet and feeding everyone is a real challenge, even if everything goes perfectly. Unfortunately, global conditions have been much less 
been perfect for the past couple of years. And Friedberg said that the new global energy crisis has pushed the cost of fertilizer components to levels that are absolutely insane. Many farmers all over the world will try to grow food without fertilizer this year, but that will result in a whole lot less food being grown. In one of his latest videos, Chris Martinson compared rice plants that were grown with phosphorus to rice plants that were grown without any phosphorus. And Michael says that he was absolutely blown away by the difference. As global food production drops precipitously, there will simply not be enough food for everyone in the months ahead. So it's, it's, it's part of me wants to read this to get this on record, but part of me also doesn't want to read this because it's going to be extraordinarily accurate. We're, we're, we're living on borrowed time right now. And what's so crazy is I remember shucks just like last month reading some of the reports that were coming out over there at natural news and how he said they were saying Brighton and Mike Adams were saying that come April and May, that's when we were going to start getting the progress reports and the crop reports of all these, of all the, all the wheat and you know uh, how this war in Ukraine, how that was going to shut stuff down. And then right around by September is when we're going to start seeing like massive shortages and potential, potentially food riots. And so just get storable goods while you can now. And this all plays a huge part in what we're, what we're going to be shifting into, right? Food shortages, food vouchers. Are you allowed to eat? It's a real thing. It's a real thing. They will allocate food vouchers to those that have been the most compliant. And for those of you that have not been compliant, I'm telling you, you need to get storable goods right now. This is not a joke. The earth only has a three-month supply of food. If production stops, humanity has nothing to eat in 90 days. And you can expect riots. Like if you think that the, if you think it's bad now with the crime and everything else that's going on, can you imagine people hungry for food coming after you? Saying, hey, what do you, what, what do you have to eat? Can you imagine hanger rage? coming after you. That's how they want to set it up. And that's exactly what's happening. And they want to, again, starve us into submission. They are not done and they are just getting started. Things are going to get, man, things are going to get progressively crazier and you can feel them. Can't you? You can feel them coming. Check this out right here. Uh, Chipotle set to debut chip making robots to mitigate the labor shortage. So this is their response to the great resignation. This is their response to, oh, you don't want to take the COVID shot to work? That's great. We'll roll out robots. And you see this all works perfect for the sustainable development agenda, agenda 2030, right? Letting the machines take over production of everything. Letting the machines dictate who gets what, allocating resources. Your carbon footprint, right? We were just talking about food shortages and things like this. Well, imagine them being able to allot you, allocate you certain foods because it's within your carbon ration. This chip making robot makes makes you your 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 Chipotle burrito or your Chipotle chips because it's allowed to make those things for you. 
you see how they're setting up this artificial scarcity, setting up this starving, the starvation, just so they can force us onto this next system. Let's listen. Welcome back, and time now for Sazi's takes. And as you just saw on your screen, it's regarding Rise of the Robots. A new chef is joining the ranks of Chipotle cooks. Chippy, the robot may be frying tortilla chips at a location near you. The rollout is the latest gambit by restaurants looking to trim their costs amid surging inflation. Sazi, your thoughts, your take. Oh, you got that right there, Jared. Chippy, chippy, chips, chippy. Yeah, well, anyway, this is a new robot that Chipotle announced this morning. They have linked up with a company called Miso Robotics uh, to launch Chippy at their Irvine, California. Then you can see an actual human chef cutting limes inside Chipotle. And there is Chippy, the magical robot here that will uh, make uh, Chipotle's chips inside of its uh, test facilities in Irvine, California. Now, Chippy is going to find his way into a new Southern California Chipotle restaurant. Unclear the precise location, but I would venture taking a trip out to that location just to see Chippy and get his autograph. Uh, but overall, this is another re- another example of fast food chains trying to find ways to address the worker shortage. Now, ultimately, the uh, the big brother of Chippy is, in fact, Flippy. Uh, Flippy, who started working with White Castle a couple of years ago. Flippy is now in, they leave about 300 White Castle locations, actually flipping burgers and putting fries into the fry bin. And then, of course, next to it, you have Distant Uncle. Uh, that is over Domino's, and uh, that robot is called the Neuro, and that is an autonomous delivery vehicle that is driving uh, to certain restaurants at in Houston, to deliver hot pizzas. But again, Chippy coming to Chipotle. This is news you could use, Jared, only here on Yahoo Finance. Oh, yeah, I know. And let's go to the Wi-Fi Interactive. Lots of moves here this morning in the quick service restaurant. You know, we're going to talk about Starbucks in a little bit. Of course, we're talking about Chipotle right now. You can see it's up about 4% today. But I just want to show what's happened in the recent past. So let's take a one-year look. We're going to take a one-year look, and we can see kind of a bifurcated market here, Brian. We got pizza. That would be Papa John's at the top. That's a 15%. And let's get a one-year chart on that. You can see well, giving back a lot of gains, as many stocks have. But the losses to the downside, Shake Shack down 45%. Young China, that's a Chinese stock. That's down 30%. Jack in the Box, 20 Starbucks down 20%. So uh, really interesting to chart these price movements here. Chipotle, by the way, up 5% over that time period. And to go back a little farther, this is this is still a stock that is firmly, firmly in a very long-term uptrend here. So while the few, well, I guess the last three, four, five, six months have been a little bit painful here, Brian, um, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, two final things here. One, of course, Chippy is the uh, the true no days off employee. There's no, you know, he, Chippy does not need a day off uh, unless his arm falls off. And then last but not least, what is unclear is to me is if, you know, new uh, interim CEO of Starbucks, Howard Schultz, will introduce Sippy. I mean, why not just keep this whole thing rolling? <laughs> uh, Brian, I thought, because I was reading the chat earlier and Sippy and Chippy, I thought you were making all this stuff up. I got to I gotta ask you what, do you, what do you think is next in terms of robot name? What's the future of robot names? Uh, I think Sippy. Uh, I think Sippy at Starbucks would make a lot of sense. Why not bring a robot in there and make those $8 to $9 drinks really boost those profit margins? Yeah, that's all. They're just talking about replacing you. Listen, they already got away with telling you that you were not essential. The next step is simply replacing you. That's all this is. And you've got these slack-jawed weirdos over here just egging it on. You got Sippy, Chippy, Flippy, and they make it sound so cool, right? So uh, 
so is so non-threatening, right? How these people and these machines are coming to take your jobs and make you obsolete and non-essential. They put you on welfare. It's so funny, so cool. But this is a part of the Great Reset. This is a part of the socioeconomic reformation. This is the fourth industrial revolution. This is what these people have planned for you. That's why I'm like, think about the massive level of evil of telling someone they are non-essential and sending them home. Think about what they did to people. But again, that's what this is. This is preparing the way, again, for the socioeconomic and sociocultural reformation. Oh, you don't want to take an experimental gene therapy? Well, that's okay. We'll fire you. We'll we'll uh, give you unpaid leave, and you know, we'll, we'll we will hire robots to replace you. Crazy how that works. It's crazy, and they make it seem like it's a good thing. Oh, well, we've got to roll out the robots to mitigate the labor shortage. And these guys are sitting over here laughing like it's a good thing. Ha ha ha. And to begin closing out this closing out this segment for you guys, uh, there has been a growing number of people embracing the concept of microchip implants for making payments by hand. Now, what I'm going to do instead is play for you guys this clip of a tech company implanting $300 payment chips into the hands of people for cashless convenience. And then we're going to close out the episode from there. Started paying for things with our phones, even watches. One company, though, wants to take that technology to another level by implanting a chip in your hand. <laughs> so, the overseas company Walletmore is selling the microchip in parts of Europe. It's about the size of a grain of rice, goes under the skin, it's Ouch. then activated using a digital wallet app. Mm. The chip is going for about $300, mm. and the company says at least 200 people have gotten them implanted already Who i would have people? many questions for a doctor about right. that yeah how, how healthy it looked is very that micro did it no. <laughs> it was pretty big i mean it's a pretty big chip i mean you know a paper cut hurts you're gonna yes. put a thing like that you know in what happens hand? if you have to change banks you gotta like right you gotta, you gotta change it, it out <laughs> i don't know i ain't interested in it keep it away from me i just want to know how it affects your body yeah it can't be good it mm -hmm. can't be good to put some electronic device in your body and keep it there mm -hmm. Ooh good luck with that yeah. Oh, yeah, it's called graphene oxide. You know, just just get a COVID shot, see how it works. Uh, but the sad part is, is again, this used to be avant-garde. This used to be cutting edge. This used to be considered conspiratorial. But because we really have stepped through the rabbit hole, stepped through the mirror, like we really are in this time period now, of course, they're going to normalize it. Heck, yes, get a microchip in your hand. But what this is only going to do is this is only going to streamline our step towards transhumanism. They're already biohacking us with the vaccines and things like this and more. But this just normalizes it. This normalizes being chipped. Again, just last year, Elon Musk said that this year he would start putting chips in people's skulls. His Neuralink, his brain and machine neural interface. He, we've, we've got to take steps there, right? We can't just come out, start putting chips in people's heads. We've got to start putting them in their hands first. Don't you worry, you will see biblical prophecy fulfilled. But how does this tie into the timeline of things, right? Before we talk about prophecy and things like that of that nature, we were talking about food shortages, 
famine, starvation, things of this nature beforehand, right? Well, imagine this, and we've seen, we've played some of the clips, two people walking into a Walmart, one of them ends up triggering the, the, the theft prevention system, the other one does not. The one that does trigger the theft prevention system just so happened to be vaccinated. Picture this, sometime in the future, there's only a limited supply of goods and services, but there's more people than they actually can supply. What happens if because you've already been, well, let's just say vaccinated, you've been authorized to be able to shop on a certain day, right? Because they've got to mitigate labor shortages and make sure that they're able to keep up with the supply and the demand of the population. You get where I'm going with this? The point I'm trying to make is we're not that far off from letting the machines and the AI dictate to us when we can and cannot go shopping. They will allocate to us resources through magic internet money, a series of ones and zeros. They will upload it onto your vaccine passport, onto your mark of the beast, whatever it will be, and they will allow you to feed yourself. That's not that far off. I may not be able to put it together in a fancy, you know, well-packaged sentence to explain how we're going to get to that point, but you guys know we're there. Listen, they're literally talking about normalizing microchips in people. We're waiting for Elon Musk to start putting chips in people's skulls. Things are crazy, guys. Make no mistake of it. We truly are living in one of the craziest time periods in history ever. Ever. And there probably ever will be, right? Absolutely maddening. And like I said, that's the wildest part about it all is they're only getting started. I think we're going to see even more crazy stuff when they start uploading people's minds to the metaverse and all kinds of other crazy stuff like that. They're going to bring back with them something unholy, but we'll save that for a different conversation entirely. I'm going to go ahead and start to wrap this thing up for you guys. Again, I love doing this job. That's how I treat this. I treat this like work. I treat this like a job. I am very passionate about my job. I love doing this type of work. But if there's anything we've all noticed over the past couple of years, hey, if this job is not paying the bills or not profitable, you got to choose your health. You got to choose your peace of mind. I want to be your guys' guy. I've said this time and time again. But if I, if if your actions are saying that I cannot be your guy, I have to respect that. And I get it. We're abrasive. We're erratic. We're unplanned. We're 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 we're, we're unorthodox. We're real. I'm a human. I'm one person. You, 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 you've seen me beg for assistance. You've seen me do all this, that, and the third. But you won't see me continue to do that, right? That's the sad truth here, is that as, as, as much as I do love doing this, I love being a dad. I also love being a husband, too. I love being a real mom. I, was gonna say, I love being me outside of the show. And I'm doing some pretty cool stuff, guys. And I want you, to get, I want you guys to come along with it. But I, but if I have to beg you for your support, I'm not going to sit here and drag you along with me. I'll take the people that want to support me and I will support them and I will water them the way that they have watered me. And I want to water you. I want you guys to be there with me. But that's that's how this all works. You have to understand that I am being sincere in the most truest way I can. But there is quickly approaching a time where we can't 
we can't do this. <laughs> and I'm not going to play games with you. I'm not going to sit up over here and eat into my savings to try to uh, make hopium work. That's not how this works. We don't get the luxury of living in ignorance, foolishness, delusional thinking, or any of that. Not with how fast everything is quickly approaching. And so I'm not begging you. I'm asking you, support us. Go to coffee.com forward slash noise era. Get a subscription tier. Create your own. Get us a red pill. If you are listening to this and you you see it fit to not support us, I could understand that entirely. If you are listening to this and you do support us, I will talk to you here shortly. But that's how this cookie crumble works, man. I'm not going to sit up over here and keep doing this. I can't. It's unsustainable. I've got to use my time and energy for other things as you do as well. Because I'm sure you're not sitting here just watching this. You're doing all kinds of stuff as you should be. Right? I'm not going to sit up over here and waste my time just to try to get you guys to get activated. I'm not an accelerationist (laughs) or an agitator or any of that type of stuff. I'm one of you. And if you don't want to see us move forward in this current configuration, that's all right, guys. I totally understand that. We can go do other things. But if you do want to see us move forward and you like the work we're doing, support our operation. Go to coffee.com forward slash noise era. Support us. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below as well. Oh, oh as, as well as the Watch the Water documentary by Stu Peters featuring Dr. Brian Artis. I'll put all that information in the episode article in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, and the exclusive members crew. Out.